Charlotte. It's Shelby. It's Riley. And, and it's, it's time, time to smut up and listen. Just a reminder for today's episode and all future episodes, our opinions are subjective. We don't advocate for kink shaming or author shaming. This is all in good smutty fun. Enjoy. Today's episode trigger warnings are stalking, religious trauma, desecration of religious artifacts, cult-like settings, CNC, degradation, voyeurism, somnophilia, possessive behavior, graphic depictions of violence and murder, and various aggressive forms of sexual play and BDSM. Today's book is That Sick Love by Jesse Hall. And what did you give it on Goodreads, Shelby? I'm sorry, guys, but I have yet to rate it. I'm still sitting on it. I need to process through this book still. I was so torn on how to rate it. I gave it a four star. Okay. It was it was good. It was well written. It was well written. It was had a lot of good plot. The plot was good. How was the smut? The smut was something. Smut. <laughs> um it, you'll see. It's just it's it's a doozy. It's a big old heavy black as night dark romance. This is the darkest romance I have ever read in my entire life. Yes. Ah, so it tops it tops haunting Adeline, huh? Absolutely. It's like okay. a whole different type of dark romance. Like haunting Adeline, even with like the sex trafficking, like that's freaking dark. But the religious aspect of this one, I don't know what it was because I'm not religious, and I was like just jaw dropped. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I don't think any of us are religious, no. but I was like offended on behalf of the people that I know that are religious. Um, but I, Oy. I get what the book was doing. Yeah, I get what it was doing too. But if you are even remotely religious, um, take those trigger warnings very seriously. Yes. Hoy. Okay. Riley, my quote for you, stiff, thick, and velvety, roped with pulsing veins and a gold ring piercing through the tip. I didn't even know it was a thing for men to pierce their sex organs. Oh, edgy. (laughs) Yeah. And mine is, Jesus, Knox says with a sigh, your cock is coated. You weren't kidding. She's fucking creaming, dude. She loves this. (laughs) Creamy. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> we start with our main character, Brienne. I'm just going to call her Brie from here on out because trying to say that over and over again is no. Brienne? Brienne. So it's B R I O N Y. Brienne. Uh-huh. Brienne. Okay. That's a name. We're in her POV. She awakes to a rose in the old wire trash can near her desk. She knows it's an ending, a message, and a warning, and it's from him. Since graduation three weeks ago, she's been receiving cryptic messages on ripped Bible pages and roses waiting for her. But the roses aren't bloomed. They're rose buds. Okay, this is also giving like death's obsession vibes. A little bit. It is. The only one who knows about her stalker is her best friend Mia, and Mia thinks it's someone out to ruin her reputation. She pulls out a note from last week, and it reads, I am your god now, Arrow. Her brother returns home, and he comes into her room, and she pushes past him to go to the bathroom she gets ready for it's not school it's like but i mean it is school she's like a teacher for their church's school or like sunday school no it's like a high school like a religious like super private religious high school yeah Okay. She just graduated, but she is allowed to teach there. So she like teaches like the workings of their Bible to the other kids or whatever. As she's getting ready, she looks in the mirror and brushes her hair and wishes she looked like the rest of her family. So she's the only one without blonde hair, tall and slim. She has dark hair, very porcelain skin, and she's a little bit thicker. And she sees the way that her parents look disapprovingly at her. So she's made it her mission to prove her worth to her family and the church. 
So she's 100% different than all of them, and she works day and night trying to prove herself. They're like, you're a little chubby and have dark hair. Disgusting. Gross. You are terrible. She leaves the restroom, and her brother Barrett tells her to hurry up because they're going to be late to the induct. So she grabs her crucifix, and they leave. As they head to the church, we learn that Barrett is like the perfect Christian boy, but he skirted their religion their whole lives and finds multiple ways around the celibacy, makes lewd comments and gestures, while she, again, works really hard to be good and follow and get like approval of everyone. She watches a baptism with sweaty palms. In their small community, only prominent members of their church can have a baptism by this bishop. She studied for hours, professed Jesus as her Lord and Savior, and she is one of the three that gets rewarded for all her hard work. So she steps up to the bishop, awaiting her turn for her vows and ceremonial cleansing. As she starts reciting her vows, a movement in the corner of the church catches her attention, and she looks to see a man standing in the shadows of the balcony. His back is to the altar, but I see the lengthy build beneath a black trench coat that reaches below his knees. The caped hood is pulled over his head as he leans against the pillar, his back to the rest of the congregation he's facing the doors to the exit as if the event he's witnessing isn't behind him at all okay if i saw a man in the corner of a church in a (laughs) trench coat with a hood on i would tell someone yeah i would be like hey i'm scared he's i'm worried he may shoot up the place and he's like not even facing them watching he's just like looking the other direction that's weird yeah no i'd be like we're all gonna die do you guys see him like that lady on the plane where she's like he's fucking back there he's not fucking real he's not fucking real (laughs) when she finishes reciting her passages she looks up and the man is gone so she goes into the tub for the cleansing as he's holding her to go under the water she knows the kid before her wasn't being held for this long so he dunks her but he's like holding her in there so she starts to panic and fight but he doesn't bring her up for air through the water an explosive hum sounds the air and the deacon's hands loosen on her she sees a streak of orange and the next thing she knows her brother and mia are standing above her and the bishop looks disturbed as he passes them so her brother carries her out of the church what the fuck just happened he just fully tried to drown her what the fuck was there like a crowd there yeah so everyone watching like the in-depth ceremony as she's like drowning and they're just like this is fine this is a normal ceremony everyday life she has brown hair and she's a thick um she needs to die witch witch (laughs) witch i know i was thinking that when i was reading it i was like is no one gonna like intervene yeah was no one like hey she probably needs to breathe i think she's good I think she's cleansed. She's cleansed. (laughs) Hey, bro, she's drowning. Apparently, there's an explosion and Mia asks if he was there and would do such a thing. Her brother and Mia start to argue over Saint starting the fire. So Saint is the third student that was supposed to be cleansed, but he's not at the ceremony because his family and him believe that a woman should not get that award. (sighs) Fuck him. But Bree knows it was Arrow. Mia says that Saint's family is still hosting the after induct party and Mia doesn't want her to go, but Barrett says that they're going because they're going to confront them. So the three of them get ready for this party and then they walk into an old money mansion. She's wearing a black fitted dress that Mia convinced her to wear. She breaks away from the two of them to try to find Saint and ask him like, why the fuck did you do that? Even though she knows that Saint didn't do it. Mm -hmm. She spots him just as he turns around and when he catches her eye, he gives her like a weird creepy grin and then like walks away. She follows him and ends up in a bedroom and he comes out of the bathroom wiping his face with a towel like he just washed it or something. 
And she's like, can we talk like an adult? Like we've been at each other growing up this whole time competing. And he laughs and tells her that she has pretty large balls to come to the party after the rumors of him starting the fire today. Isn't she worried that he'll try to hurt her? And she's like, I know it wasn't you. So can we figure this out? Because we're going to work together. He agrees that they can talk and they go walk around the grounds for a truce. As they're walking around, he tells her how he feels being in his family in the church. And when they arrive at a fountain, he like stops and apologizes for how he treated her like their whole lives. Because he's bullied her every day growing up. It feels like the moment might go somewhere. So she asks where the restroom is because he's like looking at her like, I'm so sorry. Like, do you want to make up? Do you want to kiss? Do you want to kiss? She interrupts him, like leaning down towards her and asks where the restroom is and then just like runs away. But she doesn't make it to the restroom. She finds an empty bedroom. All of a sudden, a deep voice comes behind her and it says, oh, little doll. And then he pins her to the door. And when she tries to turn her head towards him, he whispers against my neck, the scent of leather and sulfur hitting my nostrils. Don't scream. I'd hate to break my new favorite toy. Does he smell like eggs? <laughs> kind of sulfur <laughs> i didn't think about that he does smell Just like a little eggy eggs. <laughs> little eggy boy <laughs> he's like i eat seven hard-boiled eggs every morning before i come i over. need to meet my protein goal <laughs> also leather and sulfur what a strange combination that sounds disgusting actually mm, yummy <laughs> like Just a volcano rotten eggs <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think he's supposed to smell like hell. I think that's what that was supposed to be. That makes total sense. Okay. But also eggs. Because, yeah, he, he's an eggy boy. He runs his hands up her arms and his hands are adorned in scars and rings. She asks who he is, but he doesn't answer. And then he tells her to say it since he knows that she knows who it is. And she says, Arrow. He lets go of her and turns the lights off. And she leaves the room to find Barrett and Mia and ask if they can leave. Mia wants to know what happened because the sides of her neck are covered in black marks. And Mia sees she's scared. So she says that they can go. Back near the open door, to the terrace my heart drops to my stomach as my eyes connect with his half of his face watching me from the pillar a hooded man barely illuminated by the moonlight with an eerie mask of black and white face paint to resemble a skeleton and black locks hanging down his forehead into his eyes he turns vanishing into the darkness just as quickly as he appeared in that room behind me i just want to know how he got into the house and was like walking around painted up like a skeleton yeah yeah what the fuck we go to arrow's pov he goes into his boss's office and his boss asks if it's done and he just laughs at him the boss is pissed and wants an answer because he pays him an arm and a leg for the work he does alistair abbott was scoring the prison system for a criminal to his liking one who wasn't only heartless but intelligent and ruthless he found me knowing i was a bastard child of one of the richest men in town using this alliance and paying off the system to release me for his own personal use like his own secret weapon to be used as needed in exchange for my freedom from the life sentence i was given for the crimes they say i've committed no one knows i've been released few know I even exist. Cal made sure of that. Alistair says that he has a week to finish the job and then he slides papers to Arrow saying his father wants to take him care of and Arrow's pissed because he doesn't consider that man his dad. Do what you need to Arrow just finish her. I need the contributions before the next election. Cal Westwood is paying a pretty penny to have her vanish without a trace now that the church dropped the ball. <gasps> what Alistair doesn't realize is that Arrow already knows that the kid didn't have anything to do with the induct ceremony. The deacon was paid to drown her. The only reason Cal Westwood wants her dead is because he doesn't want a woman advancing in the religious world. She's wearing the crucifix again and he wants to rip it from her neck. She's asleep right now but her body still reacts to his as he drags his finger over her arm. 
So he's just like sitting there watching her sleep and like running his finger up her arm. How very Edward Cullen. (laughs) (laughs) I've become slightly obsessed with her purity since the weeks I've been stalking and studying her. Wanting to coat that clean face with a beautiful mixture of cum and tears is my mission. I want her to get off on her fears (laughs) until she becomes a dark, twisted (laughs) creature like me. She's not like them. She can't be. She has a real potential for vengeance. I just need her to open her mind to the possibility. He takes his knife from his pocket and cuts three inches of her hair off at the end and then pulls it to his nose to smell her (laughs) (laughs) this guy's a freak you have no idea (laughs) and then he gives her note ready and pulls a page from her bible sets her hair on it and then throws the rose in the trash can he takes his knife stabs through her hair through the paper and into the wood of her nightstand she stirs awake but he's already leaving out the door also if i woke up to three fucking inches of my hair missing i would yeah. be pissed yeah just a fucking he like cuts it to her scalp did he so he left it there with yeah him. He didn't so he like it. smelled it for a second and then set it on the note and then stabbed his knife through it brie sits up searching for him but he's not there anymore she sees her nightstand and what he left behind she gets goosebumps and reads the note he left which says a doll with a stain a toy with imperfections a woman with a weapon arrow Cryptic. Her imperfection is her three inches of fucking hair that you just cut off of her. <laughs> her <laughs> shitty haircut. He's like, haha. <laughs> she goes to her vanity bench and grabs the rose and she runs the petals down the divot beneath her throat, over her collarbone, and in between her breasts. She's imagining his hands on her. I spread my legs slightly, drawing a line with the rosebud from between my breasts down to my abdomen. As the bud finds my thigh, I tip my head back, dragging it along the sensitive skin there until it meets the place that's aching with heat i've never felt before get that fucking flower out of your (laughs) vagina right now her phone rings and it scares her so she immediately drops the flower and is disappointed in herself she looks at her phone and it's saint and he tells her that he wanted to reach her before it was too late and she's like what do you mean and he's like well can i pick you up since we're both teaching the same class and she says yes 35 minutes later her and saint are pulling up to the classroom that they're teaching and he tells her that she looks really good with her her hair pulled back because she never pulls her hair back and she almost laughs because she's like i had to fucking pull it back because some psycho cut three fucking inches off of it <laughs> she's like well actually my hair's fucked up so <laughs> as the kids file in for class she realizes she didn't get enough books for everyone so she's like saint you started off i'll run to the library As she's down the aisle that she needs in the library, the door shuts and she sees one of Saint's friends who also enjoyed bullying her her whole entire life, Jacob. He tells her that a smart girl like her should have not gotten the head count wrong in class. And she thinks that he must have planned this just as he pushes the books from her hands and they fall to the floor. She asks what he wants and his eyes crawl over her body. And he says it depends on what she's willing to give. And then he rushes her, pushes her against a metal bookshelf and she goes to scream, but he covers her mouth. He tells her he isn't supposed to do damage to her face, but he will if he has to. She thinks back on the message that Arrow gave her and it was a warning. She squeezes her thighs together and feels the knife she put in her thigh high stocking so the knife that he like used to stab her hair she kept it she's strapped good girl we go to arrows pov he's in the office of the library and can hear her breathy screams beneath the crack in the door and he's getting hella hard shame (laughs) yeah honestly in god's house piece of shit (laughs) he knows she's either going to die or morph into what he's been wanting her to morph into 
He goes to leave the office, but stops when he sees Jacob walking backwards to the door and she has the knife to Jacob's neck. Yeah. Arrow can hear Jacob saying he was just told to mess with her and that was it. And as soon as Jacob backs up a bit farther, he sees that Jacob actually touched her. So her white blouse is unbuttoned. One of her tights are falling off. And now Arrow is fucking mad. So he exits the office and stands behind Jacob and her eyes widen. And then she's like, oh, wait, I don't like you. So like now she's pissed off that he's even there. Arrow grabs Jacob and tells her he will take it from here. And before she leaves him, she asks what he's going to do to Jacob. And he tells her to watch his face when she returns to class and it clicks. So Saint and her father are both trying to end her. Saint just has amateur ways and his dad pays people to do his dirty work. So it was a setup. Fuck you, Saint. Kicking her leg up on the surface of a nearby desk, I watch as she folds the switchblade, tucking it back into her tights against the smooth skin of her inner thigh, pulling them high enough for me to see the very edge, the curve of that delicious tight ass beneath the pleated skirt. I contemplate slitting Jacob's throat right here on the table, then grabbing her hips and fucking that sweet little ass right over his dead bleeding body <laughs> but somehow find the strength to refrain <laughs> also she's wearing a skirt short enough to see her little bum cheeks yeah so like her school uniform is like a button-down blouse a short ass skirt and thigh-high tights it's literally the epitome of a schoolgirl uniform like you see men fantasize about they're like yeah. dress very provocatively but you better not act like it but we wants to look at you. We'll think about you and that sweet ass. Yeah. He asks where Jacob touched her and with two fingers, she taps her mouth and her neck. He asks which hand he touched her with and she tells him the right hand and then he tells her to leave the library. Jacob starts begging for her not to go, but she stands there shocked and Arrow lays Jacob's hand down and starts reciting a Bible passage. He then pulls out a new knife and stabs Jacob through the right hand. Shouldn't have touched her. Mm -mm. He looks to Bree and she's just standing there with tears streaming down her face. He walks up to her and tells her not to cry because those tears look hideous on her. (laughs) And then he uses his thumb to wipe and shove the tears into her mouth and she's like, why are you doing this (laughs) why why are you doing this (laughs) he's like you're an ugly ass crier she's got like kim kardashian cry face (laughs) and he replies because you haven't bloomed i can't end something that hasn't had its proper chance to live that would be indecent of me and then he's like fucking leave now and she does we go to breeze pov she thinks about how somehow she knew arrow was there like she can almost feel his presence and when she returns to the classroom she watches saint's face like arrow told her and it's blank and then with a quick blink he like smiles at her so he's like okay you're back she isn't sure why arrow told her to watch his face but she trusts arrow for some reason after class she wants to leave quickly so saint drives her home and asks if she will be his date for the governor's ball tomorrow and half of her is like oh my god a date but then the other half is like no you tried to kill me yeah what the she eventually says yes and as she goes to leave he places a kiss on her hand and then a loud crash sounds and an explosion of sharp objects rains down on her and a single brick lies on the hood of his jeep and the windshield is completely gone like it just crashed everywhere over them what is happening in this book she looks over at saint and there's arrow behind him on the driver's side he shakes his head at her and then disappears saint grabs a brick and reads a note on it and she asks what it says but he's like nothing is just stupid kids she goes to the front door and he says that he'll text her later and when she goes inside and closes the door arrow steps up behind her and he tells her she is such a good girl for keeping her mouth shut but would be an even better one 
one if she opened it up for him. He nuzzles his face against her neck until she feels his tongue run up it. (laughs) He grabs her left hand and licks the back of it as well, like he's trying to clean where the other boys touched her today. And then he sucks on her finger that has a cut from the glass of the Jeep. Uh, Yeah. Okay. We go to Arrow's POV and he says that her skin tastes like caramel. Better than eggs. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) There's part of him that wants to take her right there against the door and the other part wants to see both her and the saint dead after he kissed her hand in the jeep because he was like he's mad he pushes off her and starts to walk it away and knows that she's gonna follow him and as soon as she does follow him up to the second landing she again asks why he's doing this but he doesn't tell her he tells her that he's gonna actually shower and won't take his mask off because then she's gonna recognize the resemblance of somebody mm. He starts stripping in front of her and her cheeks start to flush. She threatens to call the cops and he backs her into the hallway, grips her neck and tells her that he doesn't do well with threats, so never threaten him again. He pushes his thigh between her legs, pinning her and his dick is harder than a rock. Oh. He warns her if she calls the cops, she'll have to explain a lot since Jacob is buried in her backyard. Oh, so he killed him. Oh, yeah. He lets her go, goes to the bathroom, loses the rest of his clothing, and starts to shower. And he feels her staring at him. He tells her to take his clothes and go to the basement utility sink and light them on fire. He's getting rid of that evidence. What is he going to wear? Don't don't worry about that. (laughs) We switch to Bree's POV. She lights his clothes on fire like he asks, and she feels like throwing up. And then all of a sudden, he is behind her, pushing her up against the sink. He tells her it was the Jacob kid or her, and he doesn't know how she doesn't understand that yet. He's clothed in new items, but the mask is back on his face. He tells her no one will hurt her but him, and it will be the kind of pain her little body needs. (laughs) That's some toxic ass shit. (laughs) Yeah. He leans back slightly, separating only enough to bring his middle finger to the base of my throat where it dips. Slowly, he trails it down my chest, over my shirt, between my breasts, and down the line of my abdomen until he reaches the place just above the hem of my skirt. I can get rid of that ache for you, doll. (laughs) Ew. He whispers, <laughs> running his ring-covered hand along the edge of my skirt, pushing the finger just beneath the hem. If you allow yourself to fall into flames of eternal hell with me, commit sin. She reluctantly moans and he lifts his mask to place a single match between his teeth like a cigarette. He tells her to take it and she does. So that's where the sulfur scent comes from is the matches that he puts between his teeth, which I was like, okay. why do you just put them there? I like the smell of a match. Yeah, but I feel like it's not sulfur. Free. Kinda. A little bit. Is it? I think so. He tells her to take it and she does. And then he tells her to recognize that he is the heir to her fire. All she has to do is fan the flame and he tells her to finish burning his clothes and then goes back upstairs. Later that night, she's on the phone with Mia looking at her backyard, pissed that Arrow blackmailed her and entangled her into his shit. Mia tells her about one of the other girls giving a blowjob in the parking lot and she got caught. So now she's the town whore and can never again hold a high place in the church's congregation. Jesus Christ. Oh, (gasps) (laughs) whoopsie. Bree thinks about her in front of Arrow on her knees, but Mia like pulls her away from those thoughts and is like, why didn't you tell me that you and Saint are going to the governor's ball tomorrow? And she's like, sorry, happened a couple hours ago. But she's surprised that Mia didn't hear any other information. So no one knows about the brick damaging Saint's Jeep and no one knows about Jacob missing yet. Mm. 
they end the phone call with promises of Mia bringing over dresses tomorrow so they can get ready together. And then we switch to Arrow's POV. He leaves her place and he sits in the car and thinks about her. He thinks how tonight he will show her the destructive truth. But for now, he has another job. He walks into the nightclub and immediately goes to ask for Knox, but the man doesn't say anything or move, so he pulls his gun and asks to see Knox again. The man pushes the call button and the doors open and Knox steps out grinning. Knox knows him better than anyone else and knows how insane he is since they served time together in prison. Knox asks if he's there for Annika as they go to the back, but he says, no, she's overplayed. So Arrow tells him to bring Brandy out. That's such a stripper name. It is. Welcome to the stage, Brandy. <laughs> he steps into a private room and waits. A girl with a black wig and pigtails and a schoolgirl outfit comes in and she's wearing a crucifix. Oh. She asks what she could do for him and he asks who her last client was. She freezes and like he grabs his gun and asks again. He says, is it true that if you breathe through your nose, you can deep throw anything? <laughs> Brandy says she has it coming. She's bound to fuck up my money. What is happening? We learn that Brandy is the whore of Cal Westwood, so she knows all about his plans with Bree. He tells her to open up and then sticks the gun in her mouth. He asks if she's ready to talk yet, and she shakes her head yes. So he pulls the gun from her mouth and tells her to tell him what they make her do. She tells him that they make her wear this outfit with a short wig and takes her from behind, mostly anal, and they always call her Brady. Remember that information later. We'll meet Brady. Yeah. He wants to know who he is, even though he's like, I know who that is. And he is Bishop Caldwell. He asks who is paying her to protect him. And she says Cal Westwood. So she's like the whore of Cal Westwood. But since she works at the club, she also wears the outfit and the short wig for Bishop Caldwell. His suspicion is confirmed. So he grabs the ski mask off of his face and tells her to put it on. He tells her to get him off, but with hands only because he doesn't want her dirty mouth. I lean my head back against the couch, imagining that poor skin, those red trembling lips, the natural curves of her supple breasts. I pretend the woman touching me is the innocent beauty about to fall to her desires. A groan leaves my lips as I envision the dark-haired doll I've become obsessed with, twisting her soft hands around my hardening cock. We switch to Bree's POV. She's forcing herself to stay awake. So this whole time that he's left her and after the phone with Mia, she's awake. She's like, I'm not fucking falling asleep. I'm gonna wait for this motherfucker to come back. She's hiding behind her door waiting for him and around 3 15 she's like maybe i should just close my eyes for just a minute but then she hears the wood creaking on the stairs so she grabs the switchblade he opens her door and steps inside he steps to the bed throwing the rose in the trash he grabs the blankets and slowly pulls them back she thinks it's funny how she can sense his anger because she's not in bed so she asks what he wants from her and as he turns around, she puts the knife to his neck. He turns around slowly and grins at her, but she pushes the knife deeper and it like surface cuts him. He asks if she's going to kill him. And then that's when he noticed that she's wearing very short shorts and a white night tank top. Typical man. He tells her that she's in a lot of trouble and that she needs him more than he needs her. His arms come up and grip her hair, but she does not move the knife. He tells her to take a chance on killing him but because she's not going to get it again and that for some reason like the thought of her killing him makes her drop it because she doesn't want to kill him she just wants him to leave her the fuck alone 
He pulls his gun and spreads her legs with his knee, pinning her to the wall. He drifts the gun down her cheek into her center. Staring down at me with his gun now pointed at my clit. Okay, Zade. And a fistful of hair holding me hostage against the wall. He leans closer until our noses are touching, our breaths meeting between us. His dark shaggy hair hangs over the top of the mask, leaving his fiery stare blazing through me. Gazing dangerously into my eyes, his tongue darts out of his mouth and I feel the warm wetness of it slowly licking from the bottom of my chin up over my lips to the bottom of my nose ew (laughs) he whispers clean because that was the last place he needed to lick clean from jacob so if you remember she touched her neck and her mouth and he licked her mouth and then licked the back of her hand where saint touched her as well so he's got to clean her off yeah like a cat She eyes the door and he tells her to run. If she makes it out of the house before he catches her, he'll leave. But if he catches her, she's to surrender herself to him entirely and allow him to show her the light. Which, that's terrifying. Yeah. He's like, when I catch you, I'm gonna fuck ya. (laughs) We switch to Arrow's POV and he laughs because she doesn't realize how clever she is and that he knows her next move. So he, he always repeats like how intelligent both of them are like on a same like wavelength level. So he's like, I know her move because I'm just as smart as she is like we're good after a little game of hide and seek she runs down the stairs and he jumps over the stair banister and dives until he grabs her calf she trips and he gets up to his knees and starts crawling up her body I would literally piss myself (laughs) yes 100% she flips bringing a knee to her chest and kicks me square in the jaw sending my head sideways a piece of my tooth chips off as my lip splits the blood pooling in my mouth almost immediately she stares at me above her with terror and shock in her eyes disbelief of her own strength i run my thumb along my bottom lip seeing the blood oh fuck yeah a smile stretches across my face and i feel the blood rush to my cock she gets away and goes to the kitchen and only the kitchen island is separating them at this point so she holds her knife i forgot to mention that she picked the knife back up when she left the room when he told her to run so she's holding her knife and he goes to grab her but she cuts his forearm and he is so turned on by this and he says shit baby i never knew how much i'd enjoy your infliction of pain he's like stab me in my throat <laughs> kill me she smashes a bottle over his head and he barely grabs her hair when she tries to slip away she makes it to the front door and just as she's opening it he stops her and shuts it she looks defeated and she's covered in his blood and he tells her how beautiful she looks wearing it she tells him he won and he says they both won this way i lick the shell of her ear and she shudders against me pressing my cock hard against her hip there's no denying what that little game just did to me the insatiable need to fuck her senseless is a growing urge i'm struggling to control my body craves this woman who's learning to fight learning to stand strong on her own even if it's against me toxic (laughs) (laughs) she asks what happens now and he tells her a rebirth a revival an awakening of sorts now be a good girl and suck on my tongue i demand leaning forward offering it out (laughs) he's just like "Mm, suck on it suck it We go to Bree's POV and she's like, do you mean you want me to kiss you? Fuck? And he looks absolutely disgusted by this. And he's like, no, suck my tongue. Put your lips around it and suck. 
Ew. <laughs> he leans down to put his mouth in front of hers. His lips part as his tongue dips out of his mouth and he waves it gently before me <laughs> like the deceptive serpent he is. I feel faint as my eyes drop from his eyes to his tongue. Slowly with staggered movements, my lips finally part and I wrap my lips around his awaiting tongue. Sliding back off it, I suck it like a lollipop, popping off it at the end. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's like the least hot thing ever. Yeah. Suck my tongue. He tells her he knows she felt a zap down her spine and towards her legs. And that's how you're supposed to feel without the rules of men keeping you in place. He runs a hand along her abdomen and slowly ghosts one up towards her top and the other towards her shorts. She can't get the words no out to stop it. His left hand brushes the aching place between her thighs and the other on her breast. Her body is on fire and he grips her thigh and tosses it on his shoulder to spread her wider. He tells her that what she feels here then moves his mouth over her shorts on her clit. He tells her that's her body prepping for him and her body is prepping to make it enjoyable for when he fucks her. Yikers. Yeah, you shouldn't have to um, give a sex ed class when you're trying to fuck a girl. (laughs) You see this here? This is your vagina. And it's ready. And I'm gonna fuck it. He drops her leg and stands up and he walks away crunching through the glass then comes back with her switchblade. He pulls a cigarette out and makes the sign of the cross, then exits the front door. (laughs) God just saw what you did, whore. We switch to Arrow's POV. Bree will break for him, but only after he breaks the system that wants her gone. He barges into his boss's office and tosses a small blue white cooler onto his desk. It's bloodstained. Alistair asks what this is and tells him that he chose not to cooperate. He also tells Alistair that Clive McGregor, apparently Alistair's competition, isn't withdrawing from the election. So Alistair's pissed and wants to know where he's at with the girl since he needs Cal Westwood's support more than ever. Arrow grips him by the neck and tells him not to get involved because it gets too messy with too many hands and then he looks at the cooler he tells al that he'll never let him down with jobs so best to trust him and then he walks away so now he has alistair involved with cleaning up jacob's body because in that cooler was his hand and he wants Bree dead, right? Yeah, because he wants Cal's okay. support in the next election because he's the governor. We switched to Bree's POV. After he left, she cleaned up the mess and took a long hot shower. And when she finally fell asleep, she couldn't tell her distorted dreams from reality. She wakes up to a new note and it says, forgiveness, arrow. She gets ready to go teach and notices that all of her underwear are torn to shreds. So she can't wear her academy uniform with no underwear since it's a short fucking skirt. So she she pulls on slacks and knows that she's going to get in trouble for wearing them, but she has no other option. <laughs> Saint picks her up and comments on her appearance, and he tells her that hopefully she isn't stuck too late in confessional since she's his date tonight, because again, she's going to have to go to confessional for wearing the fucking pants. She asks how his father took the windshield incident since it's already fixed, and he stares at her for a minute before starts talking, and she's like, that pause says like a lot. What aren't you telling me? He tells her weird stuff has been been happening like his windshield his friend left town yesterday and his friend left a note saying he was done with this life and going to find light and she is sweating bullets because arrow has said the same thing to her before when they pull up to the school everybody is looking at the side of the building and in graffiti students and teachers are standing there and it says Brianne straight is a slut for saint so now her reputation is tarnished what yeah and it's not true obviously saint leads her inside and says that he isn't going to allow anyone to mess with her and that they'll figure it out. 
She takes a deep breath and nods, and she knows that Arrow did this, but she doesn't have time to deal with it. Right as the bell is about to ring for class, the deacon approaches her and tells her the bishop wants to speak with her after class, but Saint interrupts and says that they'll both be there since his name is on the graffiti as well. And he's like, also, shouldn't you look at the surveillance footage of the school to see who the fuck did that? And the deacon's like, this isn't about you, only her. She has a vagina, therefore she is in trouble. She's the whore. Her mind is working trying to figure out why Arrow did this because he does everything with reason and it's all very calculated. So when she goes to talk to Bishop Caldwell after class, she's about to knock on the door when she hears someone sniffling like they're crying. And then she hears Bishop Caldwell say, you don't want to disappoint him, do you, Brady? So she turns and sits in the chair near the door waiting for the meeting to be over. And she hears more crying from this Brady person. And Bishop Caldwell is telling him to accept the Holy Spirit into his life. And she's like, something isn't sound right right now. So she opens the door to the office and Bishop Caldwell standing over a young boy with his black shirt lifted to his waist and his belt buckle to his pants hanging open. And he sees her in the doorway and he like drops his shirt and clears his throat. He tells her that knocking is a requirement here at Covenant Academy and disrupting lessons is worthy of discipline. What can I do for you? And she's like, what was just going on? And he says, nothing. What can I do for you? You ain't seen nothing. Ew. She tells him that he called for her by the deacon and is supposed to meet him there for a meeting. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, I got to go. <laughs> and just like takes off running down the hallway. So she was not supposed to go there. That was a setup by Arrow. So she can see like what really happens behind closed doors. As she's running down an empty hallway, she feels a hand slap over her mouth and she's pulled into a dark closet. She screams against the hand, but it's a voice of a man who set her up. He tells her to stop fucking crying. And then all of a sudden she hears Bishop Caldwell in the hallway asking if someone's seen her. She takes a deep breath and he drops his hand from her mouth. He turns her to face him. She realizes his first mistake because he's not wearing his mask, but the closet's too dark for her to see visible features. She goes to slap him and tell him that he knew about this all along, and he tells her that she just needs to wake the fuck up. He grips both of her wrists and moves them above her head. He takes one hand and slowly slides two fingers down the middle of her forehead, the curve of her nose, until they reach her their lips. He pushes two fingers between her lips, hitting her teeth, but she follows his lead, opens her mouth, and he puts his fingers onto her tongue which i don't know why he likes a tongue he chokes her with his fingers and a groan escapes his lips as her eyes water he holds them there for a second before he pulls away and she's like why did you write the graffiti and why again are you doing this to me she's frustrated confused and hurt and feeling lonelier than ever before he tells her that they want to mute her take away her voice and clip her bud before it's even in bloom so she now knows that he's been silently protecting her in his own twisted sort of way from the people he assumes are enemies while simultaneously hardening her for a fight she whispers i am your god now which was one of his notes and it wasn't meant as a blast to her it was a sign of like his protectiveness he releases her and dips his his head towards her neck his warm wet lips close around her earlobe and suck gently before sliding his wet tongue up the length of her ear and then he places something small and metal in her palm and her fingers close around it and he tells her we shall reign victorious later that evening she gets out of a car in a long silk dress saint is in a navy blue suit that's fitted with a bronze roman greek mythological style mask saint kisses her hand and says that she looks like an angel she mentions that like in her head that her inner core tightens but she's not sure if it's from his kiss or from arrow's tongue on her later to erase that kiss 
kiss. So she's like, I know he's going to lick me later. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Saint guides her into the massive castle-like home of the governor himself, Alistair Abbott. Saint brings them over to say hello, and Alistair spots them, and he, like, stares at her longer than socially acceptable, she says. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is Brienne Strait, the first female Magnus Princeps of the Covenant Academy. They've never seen anyone like you. And then he gives her, like, a weird creepy grin. They leave and continue over to the ballroom, and as they're checking stuff out, she's frantically looking to see if Bishop Caldwell is there, but she can't see if he's there since the men are all wearing masks. But she does spot one mask that looks familiar, and he is staring at her with hatred and loathing, and it is Cal Westwood. Ew. They dance and hang out, and she's finding that she is enjoying Saint's company, even after all the years of him bullying her, which I'm like, how do you like someone who was a bully to you your whole childhood? Yeah. Ew. What? They do a weird dance where w- women and men switch partners every couple rotations. It reminds me of like... um A Knight's Tale. Yes. So she's stuck dancing with multiple men who are disgusting and vile, like Saint's father. She dances with him. And then all of a sudden, she's passed to a familiar person. Arrow looks absolutely gorgeous in his fitted designer suit, his hair slicked back and tucked behind his ears, making a sharp angle of his jaw cut through his full pink lips protruding. She mentions in her head that he is probably the most beautiful man that she's ever seen, even with the mask on. Okay. He leans down and tells her to set fire to this night, or he will, and she's like, like what are you talking about but the music stops she curtsies he bows and he walks away she's trying to talk to saint but can't focus so she starts looking around for arrow when she finally sees him and he's climbing the stairs to the second floor and he like stops once he gets up there and like pauses and she's like he wants me to follow him we switch to arrow's pov he thinks it's a sin for her to look the way she does tonight especially surrounded by flesh hungry wolves he knows how Bree must feel because he had the same horrors inflicted upon him by these men Oh, there's definitely a reason for him being the way he is. He waits in the corner of the hallway upstairs, knowing that she's going to follow soon enough. Sure shit. He sees her climbing the steps and looking down the hallway to see where his presence went. Because like I said before, like she can like sense him now. He reaches out and grabs her and she gasps and he says his name and he runs his nose along her face, needing to smell her. He asks if she's scared of him and she replies, it's warmer near the fire. He sees her take out the key that he gave her in the closet at the school so that was the small metal object that he pushed into her palm she asks what it's for and what kind of test he's trying to give her he tells her that it's a baptism a new purification they douse you by making you a woman of strength owning your sexuality and your freedom he grabs her hand and licks the back of it where saint kissed her earlier and as he does he it. sees her thighs close beneath her dress and he's like I can only hold back for so long. All these women closing their thighs. I don't think I've ever had to like squeeze my thighs together. No. <laughs> I've never had to be like, oh, I know <laughs> What's going to happen if you don't close them? You just gush everywhere. I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> Gross. It's a little puddle on the floor. <laughs> oh my God, I'm horny. <laughs> this need to immerse myself in her scent, her delicious arousal, is driving me to the brink of insanity. The need to have her coated in me come dripping down her face blending with the tears and smears of mascara she worked really hard on that makeup i know he's like i'm gonna ruin it (laughs) he grabs the key and sticks it into the door behind him and it clicks open and then we switch to Bree's pov she knows she needs to stay away but can't he's too intriguing and the feelings he gives her are unexpected 
Once they get through the door, he tells her, I'm going to need you to pull your dress up over your knees. He flips the light on and the room gets a little brighter. He undoes the top two buttons of his shirt, exposing his throat, and tells her that he doesn't ask twice. He sits down on the couch and she grips the silk dress near her thighs, fisting the material in order to pull it up over her knees. She kneels on the rug and gets between his spread thighs. She waits for his next instructions and he looks at her and tells her to crawl. He tells her to lift her dress up over her hips and crawl to that desk. When she doesn't listen right away, he grabs his gun from the waistband so she does what she's told. When she makes it to the desk, he tells her to crawl under the desk on her forearms and she's absolutely humiliated because she's not wearing any underwear. She still does not have any underwear. <laughs> she's got a little booty hole out. Hey. <laughs> and she doesn't understand what her body is doing. So she's like, what's going on down there? Which makes me sad that she doesn't <laughs> even know that. Yeah. I know. She hears him approach and place the gun against her head, and he says the number is 7636. She looks up and sees a safe about the size of the mini fridge and puts the code in. Once it's open, he tells her to grab the envelope. As she crawls back from the desk with the envelope, he tells her that this is her baptism. It's time we took away her purity. And then he removes his belt from the loops of his pants. Mm. He slowly threads the end of the belt through the buckle and tells her that she is to be a good, sweet, obedient girl. And then he puts it around her throat until it's like tight against her throat. He tells her to pull her straps down and expose herself to him. And she does. He reaches his hand and gently cups the base of her breast and groans. And she is hella soaked. Hella soaked? Oh my god. You weren't created this beautiful for nothing, Briani. He whispers, rolling my nipple between his forefinger and thumb. Fuck, you're perfect for me. He groans as he twists my nipple roughly, causing me to suck in air. The devil's tainted little angel. His words make me dizzy, with a sick desire swirling around me. Now beg to please me, he continues. <sighs> oh my god. Her eyes widen because she's never heard anyone talk like this before, and she, all she says is please, because she's like, I, that's what you said, beg, please. <laughs> he asks her, please what? And she doesn't say anything. So he's like, they're just words. There's freedom and complete expression. So she begs for him to please let her put her mouth around it. And he's like, put it around what? <laughs> say it. She's like, cock. <laughs> you touch your cock. <laughs> he says, I thought you'd never ask. So we switch to Arrow's POV. And he thinks that pushing her past her limits is incredibly intoxicating. And I was like, red flag. Yeah. This whole book is a red flag. Yep. He's harder than he's ever been. So he pulls his dick out, gripping it at the base, and her eyes widen. Touch it. Her chest rises and falls as she glances from my cock to my eyes and back. Touch it and get familiar. It'll be your favorite new toy, little doll. I promise you. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't know if it'd be her favorite toy, but (laughs) she reaches up shakily and touches it and whispers, it's smooth, so thick. And I'm like, girl, don't give him a bigger head. I know. (laughs) How does she know that it's so thick? It's the first one she's ever seen. You don't know. For all she knows, it could be a pencil dick. (laughs) She's like, it's huge. (laughs) She touches it for a minute to get familiar and she grazes the piercing on it. So he has the tip of it pierced. What's that piercing called? Prince Albert? yeah he instructs her to open her mouth and she does but he tells her she needs to do it wider and to stick her tongue out 
He pushes his dick into her mouth and she closes her eyes, which are already brimming with tears. And then he thrusts deep and she gags. He tells her to breathe through her nose and relax while he fucks her throat. And then he practically passes out when her lips wrap around him. He knows it's not going to take long for him to finish. So hopefully she can hold on a little bit longer. And I was like, oh, yeah. Was her first time having a dick in yeah. her mouth. And he's like, I'm going to fuck your face. I'm fucking your <laughs> yeah. face right now. God. <laughs> I grip the belt tightly, groaning deeply, fucking her face harder than before, until I feel the tingling sensation at the base of my spine. Eyelashes clump together as the mascara runs down her cheeks, the sounds of slurping and gagging filling the room, pressing myself as deep as I can one last time, hitting the piercing against the back of her smooth throat, I pull back. Stroking my cock a few times, a throaty grunt escapes me, and euphoria finds me as I release myself on her face, pumping all the cum from my tight balls onto her pretty little face. This poor girl. For her first fucking sexual experience, she gets it fucking blown all over her face. With a belt around her neck being choked that way, as well as her face getting fucked. This poor, poor girl. She's like, this is normal, right? This is what people do? (laughs) This is what you do for your first time? (laughs) He puts his dick away, and then he has the audacity to make the sign of the cross and come on her forehead. He says, in the name of Arrow, your new god, I baptize you, Brienne Strait. Your new life begins now. And she immediately gets up and is fucking mad. She rips the belt from her throat, throws it at him, and it hits him in the chest. She puts the straps of her gown over her shoulder, covering her saliva-coated chest. He drops the belt and charges her, gripping her neck, and says, you don't dare waste that as she's about to wipe the cum off her face. And then he uses his fingers to push and wipe all the cum into her mouth and make her swallow it. He then tells her to go clean up, but leave her lips untouched. And then he tells her to be a good girl and kiss her prince tonight with his cum still on her lips. She glares at him and looks like she's going to argue, but then she just walks away. When I read that, I was like, oh my God. Jesus Christ. He christened her with his cum. That's offensive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I have like no words for that. Don't worry. It gets worse. we go to breeze pov and she is incredibly mad and she's like i cannot believe that i just let him disrespect me and my beliefs that way in the sick display of dominance she wipes her face clean in the bathroom and then she says that he's bigger than she imagined a man could be so but i'm like girl you don't know you have no idea stiff thick and velvety roped with pulsing veins and a gold ringed piercing through the tip i didn't even know it was a thing for men to pierce their sex organs she feels used and dirty but most of all she notices how she feels unsatisfied and she debates wiping her lips but saint knocks on the bathroom door so she quickly fixes herself and opens it He notices that her appearance is disheveled and how her eyes are red with mascara smeared everywhere and wants to know if someone said something to her about the graffiti, but she just tells him that she wants to go home. So he tells her, okay, and they go to leave. But when they go to leave, she spots a red rose in the trash can near the front door. Her and Saint pull up to her house and Saint pauses a moment like he might say something to her. He ends up telling her that their dance was the best part of his night and he thanks her for going with him. Then he leans like he might kiss her, but she stops him. But she wants to piss Arrow off. So she's like, do you want to come inside for tea? Or do you want to hear some tea? She's got some. (laughs) 
He says yes, and as she's getting the tea ready in the kitchen, Saint comes up behind her and leans against her. She turns around and reaches up to graze his neck with her fingers, and they kiss. <gasps> with her little cum lip gloss. Yeah. He's like, you taste funny. <laughs> He's like, mm, a little tangy. <laughs> it's kind of an awkward kiss at first, but then they full on like figure it out quickly and they're like making out. She feels like she's going to explode and it's not from their kiss, but it's from the fact that Arrow is watching so she can sense him. Saint pulls away and looks shocked that he did it and he apologizes immediately because remember, he's also a good church boy and he's not trying to sin. Well, you did, bitch. Licking my lips, I try to calm my breathing when Saint surprises me by grabbing my hips again, pulling me away from the stove. I fall into him and his hold tightens as he leans back against the opposing counter. Arms wrapped around my body, one hand sliding down to cut my ass in his palm. His tongue licks my bottom lip once again, finding its way inside my mouth. The kiss is wild, more reckless than the first. It's filled with an uncontrolled passion that stems from that place inside us we deny. I feel him pushing his hips forward, his cock hard beneath his dress pants, seeking some sort of intervention. <clears throat> he's all bricked yeah, up. Yeah, he's like, I'm so sorry, but also like, I really liked it. <laughs> she slides her hand down to cup him and he groans and then starts like grinding against her hand. Oh my god, Briani. <laughs> now you know what to do with the dick or what? <laughs> She's, I got experience, don't worry. From 20 minutes ago. <laughs> she quickly remembers that Saint is also tasting arrow and she pulls away and he apologizes again and was like, I should not have done that. I'm so sorry. And he tries to leave. But she stops him and says, it's okay. And then tells him that her favorite part of the night was this. And he's like, all blushy and then he's like okay bye and as soon as that fucking front door closes she's not surprised when she smells the familiar leather and sulfur behind her egg boy is back <laughs> egg boy <laughs> and as soon as she goes to turn and face him he slips a cloth over her face and her vision goes black oh, did you just fucking <laughs> yes. for him yes <laughs> he's like bitch I told you to only kiss him not touch his dick <laughs> We switch to Arrow's POV. He sits in a chair and watches her. And at first he thought he gave her too much chloroform, but he realized that she hasn't slept good since he showed up. So he's like, I'll let her actually sleep. Consider it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a gentleman. <laughs> so kind. <laughs> she rolls her head and groans his name and he whispers for her to wake up because he has a surprise for her. And I stopped reading that and I was like, I don't want to know the surprise. What's the surprise? He's like, it's my dick. <laughs> <laughs> she wakes up and terror fills her eyes her wrists are chained to the headboard and her ankles to the footboard and she's 100 percent naked surprise <laughs> surprise i'm assaulting you <laughs> do you like it are you horned up <laughs> she tries to scream but he stops her and when she finally calms down he removes his hand and says now you know how i feel every time i'm without you i can't fucking breathe and I'm like, that's not the same. That's not the same at all, sir. She asks if she's going to be punished for what she did in the kitchen. And he says, no, of course not. And that's when she also notices that her wrists are almost purple from how tight the restraints are on her. And he tells her, he says he's going to reward her for being such a good girl because he asked her to kiss him. And then he places a piece of tape over her mouth and says that she can't scream through the show. Oh. He pulls out his phone and shows her a video. And the video is of her naked, splayed out right after he knocked her out. In the video, he licks her ass cheek and then up her lower back. He's cleaning her body where Saint touched her. And then he licks her mouth and her tongue. 
she whimpers and he sees that the video is kind of exciting her a little bit so he stands up and goes to the bed i trail my knuckles up her shaking thigh slowly until i reach her swollen and slick pussy her worried gaze stays locked on mine as my hand reaches higher finally i slide my middle finger along the wet slit Ugh, i hate slit Rolling up along her swollen clit, her head falls back against the mattress and her body writhes beneath me. She blows air through her nose, whimpering against the tape, then brings her head back up to watch me. (gasps) And then he slaps her vagina and says that she's about to miss the best part of the video. Slap. In the video, it shows her arms fall off the mattress, and while he is distracted by licking her, she grabs the knife that she put between the mattress and slices his arm. So even though she's, like, unconscious, she is trying to fight this fucker off of her. Damn. And then that's when he gets the knife from her and then puts her in the cuffs, and then the video stops. He tells her that she's unpredictable even when sedated, and then he leans over her naked body and tells her that he's totally into it. He takes the duct tape off her mouth and asks if she wants to be saint's weak little slut or arrow's powerful queen and she says i never wanted to be a slut or someone's queen he hears a click somewhere and she says i'm a king and then she swings her arm free and he feels a blade hit his neck (gasps) good get it bitch we switch to breeze pov He falls to the side holding his neck and she was totally into him cleaning her with his tongue and was secretly hoping he didn't fuck her so she could remember it. And I was like, Brie, oh my God, the bar is on the floor. Truly is on the floor, but she's probably so like conflicted in her little brain. Oh yeah. Her little pea brain. Yeah. Stupid woman. (laughs) Stupid idiot woman. She's come to the realization that Arrow enjoys restraining her, but gets off on her fighting back. So he plants tools to see if she's smart enough to use them. So he taped a scalpel to the back of her headboard where her wrists were chained so she could feel it back there so she grabbed it and then used it to get out and then cut him and he likes it does he want to die kind of yeah apparently she quickly undoes the other cuff and then starts sawing at the rope that's at her ankles he stands and watches her works but stops before she gets her second ankle undone and then he like tackles her on top of the bed but i'm like she's not moving anywhere her ankle's still fucking tied gotta tackle her <laughs> there's fucking a line back yeah. i know <laughs> he just runs across the room <laughs> <laughs> she needs him but can't get free of his weight and he looks oddly proud of her and again like she can see that he's into it he trails his hands on her arms asking if she's ready to listen and bloom and she's like who the fuck are you she's like what are you talking about (laughs) quit speaking in fucking riddles (laughs) he tells her knowing a person means understanding their intentions i think you know what mine are no one can control me especially not a fictitious god created by despicable men designed to control the masses i won't allow you to live in this world of deception where you were meant for so much more kind of sweet kind of okay he tells her that they're all lying to her and they never wanted her but he does and he will kill anyone who gets in the way of letting her live she takes a turn and starts grinding against him and he tells her that he'll take care of the ache for her he slaps my breast causing me to feel the sting travel directly to my center like a lightning bolt of intense pleasure before surprising me by roughly flipping me over on my stomach with one leg still tied to the bed the rope around my ankle he props me on my knees holding my hips as he slides off the bed behind me his hands slowly skim up the back of my thighs as he talks prettiest little cunt i've ever seen he says his voice not muffled by the mask like it was before (sighs) yeah what's he gonna do to it (laughs) Uh. 
He tells her he's going to hurt her and fuck her until she's swollen and red and then passes out from pleasured pain. He then licks her vagina and she moans loudly. He puts one finger in her as she breathes his name and moans. Slowly, he adds a second finger. After a minute, he pulls them out and tells her he will be taking all of this for himself and he touches her ass. He tells her that she owns him. He kisses down her back again and as soon as his mouth gets to her vagina, she cries out. She comes but doesn't know that's what is happening to herself and then he makes her lick her fingers and taste herself he undoes his pants and pulls out his dick she feels his warm cock against her clit oh my god it's happening i don't want it to happen (laughs) we switch to arrow's pov watching her bloom before him is making him lose all the control he's ever had he has no he has not shown one ounce of control. control bitch she's spread open before me on her knees moaning out something useless into the blankets probably still reveling in the aftermath of her orgasm as i undress myself entirely leaving nothing but the mask i don't think i've ever seen such a perfect pussy in all my life it screams innocence and purity and the urge to destroy it is at an all-time high especially after she just came all over my face making a complete mess of me the way i'd hoped He wants to destroy it. It's been a year since he properly fucked someone, so he isn't going to use protection, and he knows that she's clean since she's a virgin. Inconsiderate. Ew. Yeah. He rubs his dick along her clit again and tells her she needs to breathe through everything, and then he slowly pushes in as she cries out. She begs him to be gentle, and he's like, not going to do that. (gasps) No. He pushes in deep and fast in one thrust. Her poor little hymen. I know. Oh my god. Her poor little vagini. I know. Her <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He picks up the pace fucking her and he knows that he's gonna come like immediately. With my hand over her mouth, I feel her teeth sink into the skin of my fingers and it's all I can take. Pain, along with pleasure, sends me over the edge. Violence is my love language and she speaks my native tongue. So <sighs> she does one little chomp on his finger and he's like, I'm coming. <laughs> He slides out of her and tells her to face him and she does and he grips her neck and opens her mouth and then he comes all over her breasts, her mouth, her face again. Maybe she doesn't want to be covered in jizz all the time, (laughs) Arrow. Yeah, what the fuck? She reaches down and touches the cum on her chest and when he looks up, she has her middle finger coated in cum and is flipping him off and I was like, yeah. He grabs her hand and forces her middle finger into her mouth and then he finds the knife on the floor and cuts her last ankle free. He helps her up and takes her to the bathroom with him. He turns the shower on and turns around so he could take the mask off and And she's staring at him, waiting to see if he's going to show his face. And we switch to Bree's POV. Everything she has ever known is flipped upside down. She's not sure how the acts of sex could be sinful when they feel biologically right. Her mind is a mess and she recalls what she enjoyed most about it to try to sort her thoughts out. And she's like, I liked literally all of it. Why? Yeah, it wasn't even your choice. She says that she enjoyed feeling wanted, desired, and being claimed, which I'm like, I guess. But... To each their own. She's going through some shit. It's, we can't judge. She also <laughs> understands the piercing now because it rubs a certain spot internally and feels amazing. Oh. They shower together in the dark and he washes her. He washes her with care and he does it super gently, which is very contrast to the way he's been this whole time. As he washes her, he explores her body and she tells him that she wants him again. 
and he tells her that she's safe with him and he hasn't slept with anyone in years. So she's like, of course you fucking think I'm talking about that. So she tries to push him away, but he doesn't let her push him away. She wants to do her own exploring after he doesn't let her push him away. So she tries to feel his face and he freezes. His jaw is chiseled and she feels a scar above his eyebrow. His cheekbones are high and sharp and he has another scar by his full bottom lip. She asks where they came from and he says nowhere good, but it doesn't matter because they are together now and they won't live without each other. He leans his neck forward, turning his head to the side. Lick me, he demands, placing the wound from my little stabbing incident before my mouth. Heal your harm. Okay, what about you heal your harm? (laughs) Yeah. Worry about you. Yeah. What about you? You'll see that quite a bit for the rest of the book. They're them healing their their harms. She pauses for a minute and does what he says. And as she licks his neck, he groans and grinds into her. He picks her up, slams her back into the shower wall, and just shoves himself right inside her again. He sets a brutal pace as he fucks her and then covers her mouth and nose as she clamps down on him. Thrusting his hips into me with long, hard strokes, my heavy breasts bounce wildly between (laughs) 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 I gasp for air as he holds me up against the wall with his long, thick cock spearing through me. I feel the piercing rubbing against that spot again and my eyes roll back in my head as I work to focus on that and not the sensation of being torn apart by a ruthless man taking what he needs primal animalistic she comes again and it's too much for him so he comes inside her and sets her down he bends down hands spreading my thighs again and i tremble against his touch this really might never end he may never stop he told me i'd thirst for him but it appears that i'm the meal he endlessly hungers for he can't get enough soft lips around my swollen clit and he sucks it into his mouth hard before grazing his teeth always with the teeth yeah they're always biting down on the little clitty clit Uh yeah i would never ever 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 want that you guys are silent no No. i I don't think so Uh -uh. now (laughs) (laughs) just checking (laughs) grabbing my face with one hand he pushes his fingers hard enough to the divots of my cheeks until i'm forced to open my mouth for him unsure of what's coming next i feel him spit in my mouth Before I can even react to the crude action, his mouth is on mine, his tongue seeking my tongue in the most erotic, most spine-tingling kiss I've ever experienced. You've experienced one kiss, and that was earlier with Saint. This is so good. After they kiss, he tells her that they taste so good together, and then he carries her limp body to bed where she passes out immediately. She's had a day. (laughs) She has. She wakes up to an empty room and she's a little disappointed, more so at the fact that she dreamt about him holding her and she misses his presence. But he left his usual message in Rose. The only word on the message is confess. Girl, don't do that. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) You should be ashamed. She is waiting for Saint to pick her up for class and he's 10 minutes late and he's never late. So she drives herself. She feels really nervous going to the school after what she did last night. And when she gets there, there's a bunch of whispers from groups in the hallway. She approaches the class door and sees a note written on it that class is canceled until further notice. She knows something is wrong, so she goes down to the office where she sees Brady. She follows after him and asks him what Bishop Caldwell has been doing to him. And he says nothing he didn't deserve. And I was like... Poor boy. Oh my god. She's absolutely appalled and disgusted and tries to tell him it's not right, but he tells her to leave him alone and he walks away. She walks towards an open room and sees Saint holding the class like they're supposed to teach together. So he moved the classroom to a different classroom and left a note. 
What a shady bitch. When she walks in, he glares at her and tells her that she's not supposed to be there. He tells her that she's being very revengeful and never thought she would write words out like that. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mia interrupts them in the hallway and tells Brini she better tell her what happened. And she's like, you tell me what happened. I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. So Mia pulls out her phone and it's a video of Brie kissing Saint in her kitchen. And there's a clear shot of her palming his erection. So that's <gasps> circling around the school. Okay, Saint, bitch. You're not innocent in it either. You were participating in that. But he's a man, Riley. He's fine. Therefore, he is innocent. She's a woman. Dirty, pea-brained, evil woman. <laughs> true they're interrupted by the deacon and he demands that she goes to confessional so arrow leaked that video in his note this morning said confess which she's like okay this is another fucking part of the plan that he didn't fill me in on we switched to arrow's pov after leaving brie at his house in the early hours he went to visit Knox at the nightclub because he wants to know if any more women came forward with more information like with what brandy did Mm -hmm. he learned something consent maybe no never that no not that. He learns Callum Westwood was tired of waiting on Alistair Abbott's secret weapon to take care of business. The church was also getting restless, especially after all the controversy surrounding Brini and her scandalous ways. She was dragging the wholesome saint, the chosen one, the future of this parish down with her, just as I intended. So he uh. did leak the video, but it was not enough to destroy Saint's reputation. He knows he pushed Cal into this and Alistair is going crazy since his missing documents the night of the party. So now he's waiting in the church when he hears the deacon tell everyone to leave. Confessions will continue tomorrow. But Brini is like, where is the bishop? And the deacon is like, don't fucking care where he is. Confessional now. So she's alone with him going to the no. confessional. Everybody else is leaving. Little does she know, though, that Arrow is on her side of the confessional. So when she steps inside, she sits on his lap and he covers her mouth so she can't scream. The deacon tells her to begin. So Arrow releases her mouth. He slides his hand to the edge of her skirt and reaches up it. She starts her confessional as he touches her clit and then starts fingering her. Your face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just imagining her being like, so, um, <laughs> forgive me, Father Bryson. <laughs> <laughs> she tells the deacon that she's been having impure thoughts and he is a little fucking perv and wants to know better details to help her ask for forgiveness what kind of thoughts <laughs> describe it literally me. that's what he's like describe it <laughs> arrow thinks the sick fuck is about to jerk off because he like makes like a weird groaning noise yes <laughs> She tells the deacon that she's been thinking of Saint and Arrow is mad. So he pushes her forward, unbuttons his pants to pull out his dick and then sits her back down on it. So again, just shoving her right on that thing. Oh, I don't know why, but that's kind of hot. I mean, I get it. Without the perv next to them. In theory, I don't think in real life I'd ever be down. No, no. But in theory, yeah, hot. I don't know why I would be in a church. For fucking. (laughs) That only. Yep. (laughs) He starts thrusting up into her as she goes into detail to the deacon about what she thought regarding Saint. So like all her impure thoughts of Saint and wanting to touch her. And then Arrow hears the deacon grunt again and knows that he is touching himself. And he's like, my plan is working. She's about to hear something she needs to hear. 
As she continues describing, the scarlet curtain pulls back and Arrow pulls her back against him just in time before the grill is blown to pieces and bullets fly through the other end. Arrow pulls his gun just as a knife appears and Bree swings it, slashing the wrist of the deacon. The deacon drops the gun and Arrow catches it. He turns the gun and blows the deacon's head off and she screams in horror. <gasps> the tea! <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> He tells her to open her eyes because he was going to kill her and he brought her there specifically to do so. So that's the second attempt made on her life by the deacon alone. Sky, man. He got what was coming to him, though. Arrow's thrown into a past life where he lies next to an innocent woman who's dead. He swore to those blue eyes that she wouldn't die in vain like his mother and that he would find the daughter that they ripped from her arms. Bree's tears snap him back into present time and he does his best to console her. He's telling her that he will end anyone who denies her the chance to live again and they breathe for a moment and that's when he realizes that he's still inside her and they continue he feels a sharp pain of flesh tearing and looks down at his arm and he pushes her off she cut him with the same knife and lunged for him again so he like starts to fuck her and she like slashes him and she's like no and then he pushes her off him brainy jumps me straddling my lap while my cock still lies erect and wet with her arousal between us she holds the knife up to my neck and i drop my head back against the wall gazing at her through my lashes catching a breath as my lips pull into a devilish smirk of disbelief she tells him that he doesn't get to take from her anymore and he's again hella hard sir she asks why he's here and he says because she needed him and it's become his job to watch and protect her before she can ask any more questions i bring my other hand around her ass slapping the soft skin with a firm hand before pulling the damp underwear to the side again now sit on this dick and make a fucking mess of me in this house of lies i command pulling her forward running the head of my cock along her creamy vulva (laughs) no 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 Coating my piercing, I collect her arousal and push the tip back in before pulling her hips down on it, settling myself deep within her warmth where I belong. She gasps as I stretch her slowly, pausing to embrace my own euphoria. Her upper arms settle on my shoulders and her hands wrap around the back of my head, finding my hair. She runs her fingers into it before grasping on tightly. Creamy vulva. If I had the ick button, ick! (laughs) That's upsetting. (laughs) She grabs him by the hair and pulls him forward as she's seated on his dick and she demands to know what his job was. He says what it's always been, watching her bloom before him. And then they finish having sex. We switch to Bree's POV. She watches him grab gloves and clean the gun before he sets it down next to the deacon. And he's like, where'd this fucker get gloves from? He just like pulled them out of thin air. <laughs> Arrow has blood on his hands because of me and nothing drove me more to the point of absolute lust than this disturbing realization. He is my protector, my teacher, and my sword of absolute pleasure my god ma'am he technically raped you yeah yeah she starts to get nervous and voice how someone can trace it back to them and he tells her you need me way more than i need you brianie i've told you this especially now i mean let's think about it your fingerprints are on the governor's safe you've been flaunting your slutty little ass all over school all while trying to blackmail sweet wholesome saint westwood with your own creative form of sextortion you're the last known person to see the recently murdered deacon and you're probably already knocked up with the spawn of saying himself he turns towards her and puts on his sweatshirt and grabs a bag that she also didn't see before and he's like okay we need to go now she knows he's the only person she can trust right now and she's like that is the craziest thing i will ever think in my life 
Yeah. <laughs> they go to the deacon's office and he pulls a piece of paper from his pocket and slips it into the deacon's Bible. And then they sneak out the back and steal Saint's Jeep. She says that they drive for a very long time. And when they finally turn onto a road, she asks where they are. And he says his place. It's safe there. She tries to tell him that she needs to get her things. And he's like, I already got all your stuff for you. And she's like, what about my parents, Mia, Barrett? Like, what the fuck? And he tells her that you're searching for your parents in the African bush. The illumination of your recent activities had you panicking and seeking some sort of maternal reassurance. So he like wiped her off the face of the earth. Jesus. He's like, you are in Africa. You are not here anymore. She demands that he stops the car or tell her what the fuck he's doing. And he just continues driving. He grabs her thigh and tells her not to worry. And she's mad. So she grabs his ring finger and bends it to the side as hard as she can until she hears it crack. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) He pulls his hand away and calls her a bitch. But she just slides her hand to her seatbelt. He warns her not to fucking do that, but she clicks it and j- opens the door. So she literally is just like out onto a gravel road. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> get in the fucking car. I'm not running from Arrow. I never get far. I know he'll never stop. He's relentless in his mission to make me his and secretly I admire it. His peculiar obsession has begun my own. I'm running from the idea of myself, the old naive shriveled bud of Brienne and search of her truth the girl who became a woman by the man who pushed her in all the ways she never thought she wanted i don't agree we switched to arrows pov she broke his finger and he got a boner god he's fucked up (laughs) he quickly resets his finger before he turns the car around to go find her and he notes that she runs like she wants him to catch her so he's like that's what i'm gonna do (laughs) he parks the car and he knows that he can outrun her but he likes the chase and he sees her stumbling and scraping her hands and knees on trees and he takes out multiple knives from hidden spots on his body and throws them into a tree she's currently touching and barely misses her she stops and turns to glare at him and that's when he catches her and tackles her to the ground as if you could outrun me as if you could fight me off He pushes his hips into her ass and grips her hair. He tells her that he's been dreaming of the day he gets to fuck her pretty face into the dirt. But he tells her first she needs to heal her harm and he makes her lick the cut on his arm from the confessional knife incident. He tells her to put her hands behind her back and she does and then he flips her skirt. She's perfectly pink and glistening from the combination of her arousal and the aftermath of our previous fuck. Her clit is swollen and slightly red and I know after this she'll need some care but I'm not past the point of breaking her not yet he puts a finger into her vagina and slowly removes it looking down at the mixture of cum still inside her he tells her that she needs to get used to leaking his cum all the time he pushes the finger back in and then pulls it out to make her taste it and then he finally puts his dick in her forcefully of course and she cries out as she's about to come he pulls out and spits on her ass and she's like no but He's going to do it anyway. Of course he is. (laughs) He puts his dick back in her vagina and then fingers her ass and he tells her to focus on his dick and relax. She does as he says and she realizes that she actually enjoys it and she explodes and comes everywhere. (laughs) My cum leaks down her swollen labia, a string dripping down to the dirt. (laughs) Taking the remnants of my release, I slowly push it into her ass. What is with that? (laughs) 
I don't understand that. <laughs> Enjoying the sensation of the tight sphincter <laughs> around my finger before leaning over her again. You own me, Briani, just as I'll own every part of you. <laughs> sphincter. Wow. Okay. Better than tight ring of muscles or worse? I think worse. <laughs> okay. I would prefer tight ring of muscles. <laughs> He scoops her up to go back to the vehicle and notes that she needs to get some rest. And when they get to the cabin, she whispers for him to show her and that she's ready. What does that fucking mean? She's ready to see the light. We switch to Bree's POV. Arrow carries her into one of the strangest cabins she's ever seen. And then she's like, I wouldn't define it as a cabin. And it sounds very nice. The word cabin to me implies something old and rustic and warm. This is a sleek shell of modern with its linear architecture. The exterior boasts high-end craftsmanship, echoing the same design in the interior nothing but black walls granite floors furniture that's practically scraping the floor with its low height and floor-to-ceiling windows facing an entirely hidden forest behind us it looks like a billionaire's getaway not a homeless stalker who fucks his conquests in the woods smashing their face into the earth beneath them also i like how he's like you need to get some rest yeah because of you yeah exhaustion is taking over but she knows she needs to stay awake he takes her to the bathroom and starts the largest shower she's ever seen he undresses and she touches his face but he's uncomfortable with it again but he allows it they get in the shower and she grabs a washcloth to clean his face and once all the paint is gone she feels like she can't breathe she knows that he is related to saint but she can't make sense how so apparently the similarities are like uncanny but she doesn't know who he is Oh, she knows for sure that he's Saint's brother, but she's like, how the fuck did that work? Because oh. no one knows that Saint has a brother. That's right. And his mom's dead, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> he tells her that he's the half-brother technically, so that means the almighty Cal Westwood had an affair. She looks at his scars and asks what Cal did to him. He says that he didn't do anything to him. He hired men for that. She wants to know where his mom is and he replies that she's dead. So she understands all the hatred now. And she's like, I think I'm going to fucking pass out from all this information. But she asks one question. And the one question she wants to know is how old are you? And he says he is 29. Okay. She then asks where he's been all this time. And he says, finding you the devil's doll. And this like kind of shocks her because her parents, used to call her that behind closed doors so as a kid growing up when they would have their arguments and talk about her they would always call her the devil's doll that is so fucked up as he's watching her he pauses to cup her breasts she watches as his erection grows again he starts to wash himself but she stops him so she wants to wash him like she did the last time he pushes her hands away this time though and gets out of the shower he brings her a towel and notes that she's mad and she says she's not mad she just doesn't know how to feel and he tells her that he just doesn't do well with gentle hands and she rolls her eyes and says so I've gathered and he like slams her into the vanity and is like don't fucking roll your eyes at me you have no idea what I've been through okay but look what you just put her through yeah two wrongs don't make a right sir you're right I say suddenly causing him to stop in place I don't I don't have a fucking clue what you've been through and yet you seem to know my entire story isn't that right you sabotage me expose me threaten me force me to turn my back on my religion and everything I've ever known simply to force me to rely on you and you alone but what makes you think you had to do all that just to gain my trust would the truth not have sufficed am I that much of a lost sheep to you am I too ignorant to accept the disgusting facts I've seen that ignorant to need further explanation and reasoning before I can see the light as 
as you say she tells him that he thinks that she's an idiot and he's about to speak when she just like slaps him across the face he yeah. grins because he likes that i may not know what you've been through arrow i don't know the first thing about your past but you know nothing of my future so let's not pretend we know each other and he lets her walk away he never does that he always follows her and fucking forces conversations but she finds a bedroom locks the door and she gets into bed and she cries she wakes to a groan beside her and of course he somehow got in she rolls over and sees him sleeping and he's clearly having like some sort of dream she notes how disturbingly handsome he is and she has a sudden urge to touch his face so she does she brushes his hair back from his face and runs her fingers down his cheek he takes a deep breath as if he's calm and then all of a sudden he's on top of her with her his hands on her throat she notices he's still dreaming and just might actually kill her so she's trying to claw him and get him off of her the feeling of absolute fear is replaced with pain when i feel the crown of his firm cock pushing roughly against my opening as he makes his way between my thighs he fills me immediately and my eyes close tightly watering as my body accepts him with friction he just like is on top of her strangling her and then just shoves it right in jesus christ he comes back to himself as he starts fucking her and tells her that she's wrong and she comes and he releases the grip on her throat and then he comes and pulls out of her i've never thought you were anything less than what i know you to be he declares short of breath a passion in his direct stare that has me holding my breath you are the fire that burns stagnant the coals and ash yearning for the chance to ignite ready to burn cities to the ground in your fierceness a force more powerful than any man that came before you you are my fucking existence briani i live and breathe for you alone i am yours eternally entirely at your mercy who fucking talks like that yeah what the I fuck fucking shakespeare and then he kisses her wildly we're in Arrow's POV and Brie is so close to being able to take her revenge, but he doesn't think she's quite ready enough to handle the secret he's been keeping from her. When she'd begun touching him in his sleep, he was having a nightmare about whatever it is that causes him to hate gentle touches, but having her to fuck him kept him from lashing out in violence and he's grateful for her warm, wet sanctuary. Ew. After they fucked, he cleaned her up and she fell asleep. He had the urge to tie her up and fuck a baby into her, but he resisted the temptation. He's growing. Mm-hmm. Good on him good on him <laughs> he goes for a hike before Bree wakes up and on his way back he sees her in a tank top and shorts stabbing a tree and screaming he approaches her and she starts screaming asking why he didn't tell her and he realizes that she opened that manila envelope that he had her steal from the safe in the office <gasps> he tries to hold her and she struggles and demands to know why he didn't tell her and then she spins around as he lets her go and he sees she's covered in tears and snot and he wants to fuck her oh my god he tells Tells her to wipe away her useless fucking tears and learn to fight back. He's going to teach her to throw a knife and if she can hit the space above his right shoulder, he'll answer her a question. She calls him an evil bastard and he says, fuck me up, darling. It's your only chance. And then we switch to Bree's POV. She found the envelope under the mattress when she woke up to find Arrow gone. There's a bunch of documents along with her birth certificate with a completely different date of birth and hospital on it. <sighs> she feels like this has something to do with everyone referring to her as the devil's doll and she takes a deep breath closes her eyes and throws the knife she opens her eyes to see that she hit above his shoulder but nicked his neck and then she asks if she was adopted and he says no she starts to ask about the birth certificate but he doesn't answer her and he tells her to hit above his left shoulder this time she throws it but she misses and then she asks who veronica fields is and i guess there were documents about veronica fields in the envelope 
And then Arrow tells her that that was his mom. She throws the knife again and asks why they want her dead. Because you weren't meant to be, Brienne. If you would have just shut up and played Pretty Housewife, you wouldn't be in this fucking mess. But no, he snaps. You needed to conquer their world too, didn't you? She throws her hidden knife directly at his head and he has to catch it with his hand and blood drips down his arm. He walks to her and grabs her hair by the nape of her neck and says, You broke, baby. You broke. He starts to touch her nipples and says he'll tell her everything and then he kneels in the dirt before her and she starts to run her fingers through his hair and she realizes that this is him giving himself to her. Then we switch to Brienne's POV and it, a week has passed. She's in the woods strapped with knives and she's like quote unquote hunting Bishop Caldwell so this is like a training exercise that Arrow's having her do. She throws a knife that lodges in his left eye killing him and then she starts to follow Arrow's dad and stabs him right in the abdomen and disembowels him then she finds saint and hesitates before throwing a knife through his heart after looking into his eyes then someone grabs her from behind and she drops the blade and it's arrow so this is all practice i think they have like dummies or something or like they're all like trees i was like wait a second he forces her down into the dirt and ties her hands behind her back he puts a four inch cock shaped gag in her mouth Uh (laughs) yeah he's been training her to deep throat he tells her to relax breathe you weak bitch and she soaked oh uh breathe you weak bitch (laughs) (laughs) he hog ties her and spit and tears are running down her face he throws her over his shoulder and carries her to the cabin and throws her onto the bed he tells her it's time for a real cock to fuck her throat isn't that what you crave the inability to use your voice to be silenced by men and used up like the sex toy that you are (laughs) (laughs) he lifts her shirt exposing her breasts and begins to touch them he tells her that he will be piercing her nipples what He, (laughs) he tells her he's watched her blossom waited until she turned 18 so he could fuck her so she learns that she's actually only 18 and not 20 yeah. like she thought how the documents her actual birth certificate puts her at like 2004 when she was born instead of 2002 jesus christ so she's essentially a child okay she also found out that her parents and her brother aren't actually even related to her she was an orphan that they took in so he dropped some bombs on her Aww. suddenly arrow places a collar with an o-ring around her neck connected to a leash. He opens his jeans, stepping out of the rest of his clothing before fisting the base of his thick, erect cock, palming the length of himself before me. I watch as he runs his fingers over the tip, flicking the piercing with his thumb, desperately wanting some of that friction against my center that's dripping for him, craving the sensation of that piercing dragging along my hungry clit again. I'm going to pierce those tits and chain you to my cock. <laughs> he smirks proudly at the idea, stroking himself as he braces himself on those thick sculpted quads watch you crawl on the floor beneath me led by none other than your new god he shakes his dick at me (laughs) (laughs) she tells him that he's not piercing her nipples and he says he didn't ask for her opinion and orders her to get on her stomach and open his mouth so he refers to all of her body parts as his so he'll be like open my mouth Uh oh god she does reluctantly and he asks if she trusts him and she says with everything that she is he slaps her in the face before guiding his cock into her mouth and takes as much as she can. He says, fuck, just like that, while he fucks her mouth while holding the leash. Swallow your cock, slut. (laughs) 
he demands. I moan around him, the words so vile, demeaning, and entirely too attractive for the submissive doll that I've become. Take your punishment. After bringing himself to the edge, almost losing at his own game, he pulls out of my mouth, gazing down at the teary wet mess beneath him with fire in his eyes. He slaps his cock against my cheek before pushing it back against my lips. He repeats this process, pulling out, slapping me, then throat fucking me again, toying with himself, toying with me. Arrow, I whine, craving my own release as he rubs the piercing across my lips. A drop of cum leaking onto my tongue. Please. (gasps) She's just getting fucking dick slapped. Yeah. Repeatedly. He starts to finger her and when he finds how wet she is, he says, let's make you filthy. Yeah. He flips her onto her stomach and puts the cock gag back in and spreads her legs. He runs the crown of his dick along the sopping mess between my legs, cursing at the sensation. Without warning, he pushes into me from behind, driving deep. I try to scream around the gag, my pussy spasming around his thickness as he stills, attempting to calm himself for me. My cries are silenced by the silicone cock down my throat while he slips out then back in deep at a slow and torturous rate they took away your voice but remember i'm the one to make you scream he whispers as his hands explore it doesn't take long the inability to talk as i swallow one cock while being filled with another has me spiraling into a deep dirty pool of desire i feel naughty and used in the way that i crave i want to take the disadvantages of being seen only as an object and a woman of no worth and own it as my own under the direction of arrow turning our pain into pleasure i tighten myself my muscles seizing up as I close in on my release. He must sense it because he spits down onto my ass, his saliva dripping down the crack, rubbing my entrance before gently popping his thumb inside. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) He says, come on me, filthy girl. And they both orgasm together. He runs her a bath and cleans her tenderly after, kissing and massaging her. And then he gives her an aspirin and tucks her into bed. She starts to tell him that she loves him, but he stops her and says not to ever say that to him because he'll never say it back. She starts to cry and he says that love is beneath them. He tells her Saint set her up. Saint counted the books wrong. Saint wanted her dead just like the rest of them. And she tells him that she wants him to burn from the inside out. She wants to take his virginity and ruin his reputation with the institution he loves so much. He grabs a fistful of her hair and tells her whatever revenge she desires is hers. <sighs> Do it, girl. We switch to Arrow's POV and he's in awe of how much Brienne has accomplished within their training and she's stronger than he ever could have hoped for. He told Bree about the sexual abuse the bishop forced on him as a child, how it made him hate gentle touches, it made him hate love. He brings her to a nightclub to get the dirt on the goings-on of the church since they've been gone and then he has her wear like this skin-tight mini dress with ample cleavage and a cross necklace that he promised to rip off later. He catches the door guy ogling Brienne and pistol whips him. Stop, Brienne screams from behind him. I bet you would love to suck on those soft pink tits, wouldn't you? Please stop, she continues. Her creamy tight ass is even better. I continue as his eyes narrow even further. So full and fuckable. His eyes stay trained on me, knowing my crazy knows no limits. Look at her, I demand. Come on, give me a reason to take off the top of your skull. I smirk, pointing my gun at the side of his head. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> so the doorman is fucking pissed. I'll make sure I'm the first to fuck this new piece of ass. Stretch her out for all the customers until no one wants her loose whore cunt. He grumbles beneath his breath as he turns to look at her, his eyes focused on her legs, moving up to the place between her thighs that I own. I feel the fever rising, the fire in my neck, threatening eruption. I chuckle, enjoying this newfound sensation. You actually did it. 
I laugh to myself in manic disbelief, tossing my gun to Briani. She catches it, looking back at me with fear practically dripping from her beautiful face. The security guard looks confused. You fucking looked at her again, I say directly with a straight face. His brows knit together as I slide my switchblade out from under the sleeve of my leather coat. I reach up, stabbing him in the left eye. Yeah. Oh my god, he's crazy. Brienne points a gun at his head and Arrow is hard. The doorman calls them demented fucks and runs away. And then they meet up with Knox, who is fucking some girl's face in an exhibition room. Fuck yeah, earn that dollar. He grunts to the woman dressed in a white blouse and pencil skirt before him. Ah, you're doing great, sweetheart. Just keep sucking that tip. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Another woman comes and sits on Knox and starts making out with him. Arrow and Bree sit on the couch to watch and he tells her to sit on his cock. She does and he pulls her dress down and starts to play with her nipples. The woman beneath Knox stops sucking his cock, taking the base of it and guiding it into the woman on his lap. She pulls her string bikini to the side, sitting back on his dick and slowly slides up and down his shaft, riding his cock while the office woman stays beneath, sucking his balls as they bounce. You like that? I ask in her ear, my hands now trailing up her thighs, leaving goosebumps. Fingertips graze her damp panties and I softly run them along the length of her clit. Watching them share... Maybe you want to be the woman on top of me getting fucked. I continue, making soft circles over the pooling arousal. Or maybe you'd like to be the whore on her knees, lapping up the pleasure I give to someone else. Dirty. Dirty arrow. She turns around on his lap and grabs a fistful of his hair. He wants to fuck her right here and right now. Bree asks Arrow if he likes watching them share. My cock jumps in my jeans at the sudden switch and rolls. Yeah, I answer as she bends down, licking my throat. While I watch the woman on the floor pull out Knox's cock and suck it clean before placing it back into the wet cunt above her. Her hand cranks my head back against the couch abruptly with a tight pull, causing my eyes to water and my cock to leak a drop of come fuck (laughs) brie asks if he's ready to share and she's testing him ready to watch your little brother fuck me use me and make me come a big wet mess all over his thick cock like the greedy whore i am she whispers seductively grinding into my lap wow like a week ago she couldn't even say cock yeah and now she's like I'll slide down your cock slowly, staring straight into those hazel eyes. She moans, running her palm along the length of my dick, brushing her fingers along the crest of my sensitive tip. I'll whisper how much I love you and you alone as you fill me with your cum. He's pissed and asks what the fuck she thinks she's doing. Just then, Knox finishes up and Arrow tells Bree they're fresh out of time for their lesson. Knox tells Arrow that Cal is furiously searching for Bree and E. He doesn't have any word on Saint other than him being pushed for the bishop position, but the deacon's death was ruled a suicide after a confession to a bunch of fucked up shit was found in his bible in the confessional so that was the note that he slipped in the bible before they left Mm. alistair has been asking around for arrow and is pissed that he's been crossed alistair hired arrow and then realized that he got bamboozled Knox looks over at brini and tells arrow that she has a tight little pussy just begging to be destroyed and calls her over he asks if she enjoyed the show and if she'd be interested in a threesome with him and then she tells him that she's into restraint the girls should have tied him up and he should have had to beg them to come and arrow's pissed she says maybe the three of them can all play she smiles a cutesy little smile at me and i can't wait to smack her upside the head with my cock and wipe that smirk right off okay 
He decides to call her bluff and sits on the couch next to Knox. And then she kneels in between the two of them running a hand up each of their thighs before saying this feels backwards and asks if she can sit. She plops between both of them with her hand on either thigh and Knox starts to touch her thigh before he brushes a hand over her panties. My dick strains against my jeans at her soft, subtle moans, growing harder by the second. My little cock-hungry whore loves this and it's driving me mad. Cock-hungry whore. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, that's something. Knox tries to pull her panties aside and then she swats his hand and tells him she should tie him up for that. He pulls out some cuffs and tells her to do whatever she wants to him. She does and then palms Arrow's dick over his pants and gives him a trust me look. She tells him to get on his knees at her feet. She takes the cuff keys from his pocket and tells him nobody disrespects Arrow in front of her. He laughs and says that they're so fucked up and he loves it. Knox is fucking crazy. Seriously. She tells him to remove her high heels with his mouth and show her how how good he can suck. She throws Arrow the cuff key and sits on his lap, straddling him. Then we switch to Brienne's POV. Arrow commands her to stand, and she does. He tells her to strip, but she hesitates, and then he stands up, grabs a bottle of liquor before taking a drink, grabbing her by the throat, spinning her so her back is pressed against his chest, and then he spits the alcohol into her open mouth, and Knox is silently watching from the floor. Arrow's hand slides further at my throat, cupping my chin as his throaty whisper reaches my ear. Let's show him how we play, little doll. Let's smear him with our sickness. My pussy clenches and my insides are already yearning to be filled in the dim private room as hauntingly dark rock music plays in the background, setting the mood for destruction. (laughs) She peels off her dress, leaving her in nothing but a thong and her stilettos, and then he tells her to kneel on the couch. Now bend forward, spread those thighs, and show him my pretty pink cunt. I swallow, closing my eyes tightly as I let out a quick, nervous breath. Bending forward, I arch my back, angling my ass up. Using my my thumb, I pulled a lace strip over, exposing myself to both men behind me. Fuck, Knox mumbles softly. Yeah, Arrow answers with a deep growl. <laughs> yeah, that's me, girl. <laughs> His agreement making my toes curl. Let me taste, Knox begs from the floor. Dear God, let me eat that shit. <laughs> Arrow bites her ass cheek and sits on the floor beneath her. Oh, the things I'd do to that cunt, Knox continues, his eyes rolling back in his head as he watches from a few feet away. You should see what she likes, Arrow answers. You wouldn't believe how nasty this little angel gets. His head drops back against the seat of the couch, his warm breath caressing my pussy as he continues talking, staring up at me bare before him. Isn't that right, baby? Yes, I moan, feeling myself get wetter with every word that falls from his lips. These guys are crazy. He spreads her ass cheeks, exposing her butthole to both of the men. Okay. And then Knox says she's perfect, and Arrow says, you should see her face when she comes. Uh, okay. Fuck my face, Briani. Arrow demands between my thighs, suffocate the shit out of me with this clit, make a mess of my face in front of him, and force him to grind his dick into the floor just for some relief. Slap her cunt, Knox suggests <laughs> in a devilish tone. Slap that wet little pussy until she swells up nice and bright for us oh my god (laughs) she begs for arrow to slap her he flicks my clit hard causing a sharp shooting pain to shoot through my gore before slapping my vulva with a quick hand the pain shifts into an aching pleasure at the sudden contact and i crave the pain again (sighs) arrow pulls her down onto his face and starts to eat her out Knox asks how she tastes and arrow says like holy water and says she fucking rains for him oh jesus he slips a finger into her and she comes I want some Knox wines. <laughs> I want some. <laughs> His voice sounding closer and needy as ever. Come on, let me play. 
I need that cunt wrapped around me. <laughs> I turned back to face him, panting in the aftermath of my orgasm to see he's gotten onto his knees between Arrow's parted legs. What the fuck? <laughs> Both of their cocks, hard and erect beneath their pants. Knox's arm still cuffed behind him. You hear that, Arrow says, looking up at me before lapping up more of my cum like a man dehydrated. He wants to know what you feel like around his cock. Giving one last lick up the length of me, he slides out from under my thighs. I worry he might actually let his friend do whatever he wants to me, but turn to see him stripping off his jeans instead. I swallow as his large pierced member bounces in the <laughs> air, fully erect and ready to destroy me in the way he does. Oh, ah! let me play. <laughs> Knox slides under her legs and looks up at her messy, wet pussy and then says, sit, you smell like heaven and heat. Arrow tells him to shut the fuck up. If he wants a taste, he'll have to lick her off his cock. <laughs> Running with piercing along my slit, we both sigh as he coats himself with my arousal before pushing into me achingly slow right above Knox's face. See how that cunt wraps around me? Arrow asks Knox, torturing him beneath us. She fists my cock, pulls me deeper like the needy slut she is. Oh! I cry out, <laughs> the crudeness sending me into a lust-filled haze. I drop my head, gripping the leather of the couch between my sweaty palms as I feel his hot, slick cock slide further and further into me. It burns, the pain of stretching to accommodate his size. It always burns before the stinging pain turns to pleasure. I want it. I want it. Knox recites, fuck, I want it. He just no. has like a s- close-up of that just in and out. He's just laying on the ground. He's please. Let me join. He keeps fucking her with Knox's head right below them and then starts bragging about how good she feels. Jesus, Knox says with a sigh. Your cock is coated. You weren't kidding. She's fucking creaming, dude. She loves this. (laughs) Creaming. (laughs) Knox tries to bring his head up to lick her, but Arrow grabs his shirt collar and tosses him across the room. He pulls Brienne to sit on him on the couch as he sits down and then he tells her to spit on his dick and ride him till it hurts. My turn, Knox comments from the floor and i forget he was even here for a minute i'm so fucking hungry for that creamy cunt all of her forgetting your fucking name ew creamy <laughs> cunt <laughs> arrow goes to get up to deal with Knox, but Brienne pushes him back down and gets up and steps on Knox with her heel he's begging her to uncuff him and arrow picks up Brienne's dirty panties shoves them into his mouth and tells Knox to taste her then if he's so fucking thirsty for it he tells Knox not to talk to her not to touch her and not to think about her so arrow tells Brienne to ride Knox but to leave Knox's pants on. Oh, so they're not actually fucking. No, he's like dry humping. Oh, okay. Wasting no time, he angles his cock again, pressing into me from behind as my clit hovers over Knox's erection, my arms bracing me on the floor. Arrow pushes me down so my arms bend and my breasts rub against Knox's bare chest, my clit grinding down on top of him. You're a twisted fuck, Knox calls out to Arrow as he stares at me like I'm a delicacy before his mouth he can't afford. He lifts his hips, grinding the rock beneath Beneath his jeans against my clit. Arrow slides deep, grunting in a sexy cracked tone, holding himself there. Open, he says breathlessly as I feel his fingers on both sides of my face. Show him the mouth he wants to fill. I part my mouth and two fingers from each of his hands slips between my lips as he holds my cheeks open wide, my tongue hanging out, spilling saliva down my chin. She likes having all her holes filled while fucking Arrow gloats. Shit, Knox groans, his eyes closing tight as he continues to grind up against my clit oh my god 
Arrow holds her mouth open as spit falls all over Knox's face. He starts fucking her hard and she comes. Then Knox comes in his pants and then Arrow comes. Arrow pulls Brainy up, spits in her mouth, and kisses her roughly. He throws the cuff keys at Knox and leaves as Knox screams at them, calling them sick, selfish fucks. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, we're in Arrow's POV. He takes her back to the cabin and washes her in the shower. And she starts to gently touch him all over his body, making him tense up before slapping him hard across the face. She looks down to see him hard as a rock and starts crying and asking what they did to him. So, like, gentle touches make him really, really uncomfortable. And then if you yeah. beat the shit out of him, he just bricks right up. And she's Boing. like, that's so sad. What happened to you? Yeah, honestly, what happened to you? We're gonna find out. <laughs> he tells her not to fucking push him and she asks why he won't just let her hold him and then he storms out of the shower and she follows him. Do you want to know how he forced me on my knees for him in that church basement, a place where the cries of a young boy were suppressed as he forced himself into my mouth? My voice raises as I continue. Do you want to know how he bent me over the deacon's desk in the altar room, fucking me while reciting scripture as if raping a young boy in the church was the holiest of traditions? Oh, God. Do you want to know how he told me how much he loved me each and every time after he came? I punch a wall above her head, making her flinch. How the Holy Spirit was a gift from God himself that I needed to accept in order to avoid eternal damnation. My voice lowers to a steady tone. How his soft, caressing palm would rub my cock until it hardened before scolding me for selflessly enjoying what was supposed to be a sacrament to the Lord himself. Because of that, I'd fall into the never-ending cycle of needing more private, one-on-one purification classes. So that's why he doesn't like any sort of gentle touch because that's how he was sexually abused in the church as a boy that's so fucking awful he tells her that he prayed for god to save him but it never happened so he had to save himself and then he grabs a pair of scissors and says he'll cut his tongue out before he ever tells her or anyone else that he loves them and then he like actually starts to cut into his tongue as she screams and then he slices through his forearm and he tells her he'll bleed out for her he'll kill for her and die for her and she's hysterical telling him that she's sorry and she'll take whatever he can give and then she reaches for his chest and slices his skin open with her nails what the fuck is happening he just has the scissors like yeah do it and then cuts himself yeah but like he was like actually cutting into his tongue like his tongue was bleeding yeah. I would scream and throw up and shit. <laughs> we switch to Brini's POV. She drops her towel, sinks down in front of him, and asks him to tell her what the deacon took so she can give it back. She starts to pump him as she licks his thigh and plants kisses all over his body as he stands there just stiff. And then she starts to recite scripture to him. Very strange. Okay. That's weird. Fuck. His voice breaks as I work to rewrite his past. He groans, his forehead resting down against my own as his uncontrolled breaths meet mine. My hand slides up his shaft further still until I cup his tight and heavy balls in my hand, rolling them gently between my fingers. Ew. I'm just picturing like, <laughs> meet, meet, meet. The, the, yeah. What is it called? The pinch and roll? When guys itch their balls, they do the pinch and roll? Ew. I've never heard that. I always ask Zach if I can do the pinch and roll for him, but he never lets me. You want to do so many things to him. I know. And he's like, please stop. <laughs> he's like, leave my lower half alone. 
and my upper half because those armpits be stinky. Give them. <laughs> Rolling them gently between my fingers, I slide my hand further until they sit comfortably in my palm. His lips blow out a breath of air, his eyes staying trained on mine. My middle fingers wander further, pressing softly against the velvety skin behind them. His eyes close tightly. A sharp, pleasured groan leaves his throat as his cock jumps at the foreign touch, one that pushes the boundaries of exploring more. Another drop of cum leaks from the tip as he shifts on his feet. She's gonna put her finger in his booty. How do you guys feel about, like, describing a penis as velvety? Not great. I don't mind it, I don't think. Better than, like, lumpy. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Or, like, rough. Yeah. Sandpapery. (laughs) It's just weird because they're not very velvety. They're soft, though. Yeah, they are soft, but I wouldn't describe it as velvet. No. No, but, like, I don't know. There are worse things, I suppose. Yeah. That's true. (laughs) Like, ring of muscle. We love a ring of muscle. I prefer that over sphincter, so. (laughs) (laughs) He pushes her back and she's terrified she's pushed him too far, but he crashes a kiss down onto her as she continues stroking his dick and he says that she deserves better than the mess they made of him. She says she'll accept whatever kind of love he can give to her and then he picks her up and drops her onto the bed. He caresses her face in a way that's so gentle she'd be scared if she'd done it to him. And then they have this deep back and forth conversation about how their relationship is more than anyone could comprehend. It is more than anyone could comprehend. Any sane person. I can't comprehend it. No, not at all. (laughs) My back arches off the bed, his mouth capturing my moans, swallowing the pleasure as it leaves my body, his tongue tasting everything mine has to offer while his thumb rubs soft circles against my swollen and aching clit. Removing his fingers, he brings them before his face, the sticky evidence of my arousal coating them as he separates them. He drags them over his lips before slowly spreading the wetness over his chiseled jaw and down the side of his neck clean yourself off me he demands leaning over me (laughs) lick it up (laughs) she starts licking herself off of his neck as he groans and then he slides himself along her slit her slitty slit she licks the wound on his arm that he gave himself and she's covered in his blood and he starts to slide into her but she says she's sore he says fuck baby i'm sorry and then fucks her harder and harder as she adjusts to him he bites into her shoulder as he comes and she comes along with him and then they just lie there staring at each other he sounds very sorry he's like i'm gonna (laughs) fuck you hard we switch to arrow's pov and he lays in bed watching brianne sleep i'd love nothing more to suck those perfectly pink fleshy nipples fleshy That press against my white oversized shirt covering her body into my mouth to spread those milky thighs and lap up my favorite source of hydration. (laughs) Fuck, I could drink her in for days. Excuse me, milky thighs? Yeah, and he says, fill me up a hydro flask of her jizz, because I'll fucking chug it. That's my only source of hydration. (laughs) I'm horribly dehydrated. Oh my god, where's that pussy? I need a drink. He thinks to himself that maybe he wants to change for her, and then he has an idea. He takes her limp hand and uses it to caress his chest. He does it so that he's in control of the gentle touches. Okay. It starts to feel really nice after a while. Really nice. He takes her hand and rubs it on his hard dick, and then she wakes up and sees what he's doing and smiles. She tells him to continue, and he traces her hands over his scars as she asks where they came from, so he tells her the stories of how he got some of them. And one of the stories is that he beat the shit out of some guy who'd beat a woman that he got pregnant and then the man fought back and gave him some scars okay so he was defending a pregnant woman we love what a 
sweet guy. He's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. She asks if he wants children and tells him that she secretly got on birth control in case someone in the church tried any funny business on her. So she always kind of suspected that the leaders of the church were going to try and sabotage her way to the top and maybe one of them would try and get her pregnant. Okay. So she was like, I'm going to get on birth Yikes. control. Yeah, that's horrible. Secret birth control. She tells him that she ran out of birth control pills recently and he's delighted. He wants to fill her with baby gravy, but tells her that they can get her back on it if that's what she wants. She says she wants to figure out where she came from before kids come into the picture, which is arguably responsible. Yeah. Yeah. And then he pulls her onto him. She rolls her hips, grinding down on me as her slippery wetness spreads across the length of my shaft. A low growl escapes me as my hands grip the flare of her hips. She sits back putting all her weight on the steel cock beneath her. Okay, cocky. (laughs) (laughs) Resting her hands on my chest, I stiffen for a second, then blow out a breath, my heavy-lidded eyes finding hers. I won't hurt you, she whispers, her fingers moving ever so slightly down my pecs. Her fingertips brush over my nipples, and my cock twitches in excitement. I wish you would. I retort beneath my breath. I wish you would. (laughs) She slaps him in the face and then just chomps down on his bottom lip. Just just bites it off. (laughs) And his lip is gone. (laughs) (laughs) She shakes her flared hips again. What is flared hips? Maybe hourglass? Like she has a little hourglass figure? Because remember, she's thicky girl. That's why her family's like, weirdo. (laughs) The devil. (laughs) fat bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Little thickums. She shakes her flared hips against my groin, taunting me. My erect cock dancing between the crack of her ass as she does. (laughs) It's just doing a little jig. It's like, yeah! (laughs) My balls tickling those wet and sopping lips backing up against me. My jaw tightens, attempting to rein in the overwhelming urge to stuff this cock in her tight little virgin ass to teach her a lesson. (laughs) Jesus Christ. He starts to lick her vagina before putting his tongue right into her booty hole. He spits onto her butthole and tells her to bite the blanket. And then we switch to Brianie's POV. With little warning, I feel the warm, wet, bulbous head of his massive cock push against my sensitive opening. Touch your clit, Brie. Rub it in slow circles with your fingers and take a few deep breaths. Arrow eagerly demands. (gasps) Bulbous. He tells her he's going to go slow and she starts to rub her clit like he told her to. I feel him push against me until my opening stretches. The pain and discomfort are followed by a strange fullness as my passage finally opens and gives way for him. (laughs) Passage. (laughs) Dark, dark, wet tunnel. The crown of his cock gets sucked into the tight muscles surrounding it. And a strangled groan escapes me as I attempt to control my breathing. He groans, cursing softly while stilling inside me. Fuck, it's so tight. It almost hurts how hard you're choking my cock. You wanted it. You wanted it. You literally asked for this. He spits onto her butthole again and she asks if it's in yet. He says only an inch or two. (laughs) Still seven more to go. (laughs) Okay, bitch. (laughs) He tells her to trust him. He needs her to love it because he's going to be doing it a lot. He tells her he's going to go deeper now and takes over rubbing her clit. And then he tells her that she's his good girl. His fingers soak up the mess I'm making between my legs before he pushes them deep inside my pussy, curling them towards my stomach. A shudder of sensations washes over me like a wave. And I feel myself contract and tighten around his thick circumference. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, math girl. Okay. (laughs) He pushes deeper while his slippery fingers slide out of me and begin coating my swollen clit with my arousal as he takes my ass. 
I pushed back on his engorged dick, taking the pain in an attempt to find my pleasure, feeling full in every aspect of the word. His thighs hit the back of mine, the stone-like pillar sealing against me, and he stills, presumably allowing me to adjust. You're a filthy little doll, taking cock so deep in your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she is. He makes her promise to be his whore until the day she dies. She says she promises and tells him to destroy her purity. Ow. The soft skin of his fleshy balls slaps (laughs) against my sticky vulva. Oh my god. (laughs) That sentence. (laughs) (laughs) The reality of what we're doing, sending me into a spiral of dishonorable, thoughtless pleasure. Fleshy balls slap against my sticky vulva. (laughs) That's a visual. Almost as good as creamed my cunt. I would argue maybe better. Get the woman a Pulitzer. That was a beautiful sentence. (laughs) That was beautiful. (laughs) And you know what? I'd say the next one would be, you're all puffy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Great sentences. Great, great literary work. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. (laughs) so Brienne comes he comes inside me before I feel the thick tip finally pop out of the tight ring (laughs) and three more hot spurts of warm liquid coat my back sliding down the crack of my cheeks as feral growls accompany them fisting his cock he milks out the finality of his orgasm ensuring he's completely and utterly spent he falls to my side, his mouth open and eyelids heavy with post-orgasmic glaze on his face. His cock is still pointing straight up to the ceiling, as if just the idea of how he got off has him ready to go again, while the remains of his release slowly drip from the depths of me. The depths. <laughs> the depths. He <laughs> really got in there. Of her tunnel. The depths of her tunnel. He got nine inches in. In her poopy tunnel. <laughs> Not the poopy tunnel. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> They both relax as they come down from their orgasms and shower together. They get dressed and Arrow hears footsteps outside the window and he hides behind the door as an intruder flings the door open. The man is wearing a mask and Arrow leaps out from behind the door and wraps his belt around the man's neck. The man falls to the ground dead after being strangled and a second man comes in. Arrow grabs a gun from the dead guy and shoots the second masked man in the head. He takes the gun from the second dead man and checks his ID, and it's someone that was hired by Alistair. That bitch. But I mean, are we surprised? No. Alistair was paying him after all. He buries the two bodies in the yard, and then they decide that they need to set their plan in motion ASAP. Brini goes to the school and walks into the classroom where Saint is. His eyes widen, and she thinks she can see some relief on his face. Like, maybe he's relieved that she's okay? Hmm. She walks up and hugs him, and he embraces her back. He tells her he came looking for her when they'd said she'd left, and he says that he's sorry for the fallout from the video because he was just as complicit in the kiss as she was. He pulls her into the utility closet and says he overheard the leaders of the church talking about a crazed killer who was an excommunicated member of the church. Arrow. He tells her that now that the deacon is dead, his dad wants him to take over the position of bishop. He says that he was so worried about her and that he missed her. And then she grabs him and tells him that she's scared. She doesn't want to be alone tonight. So this is obviously her plan to, like, take his virginity. Oh, I forgot that's that's what's happening. So she's totally faking it. Damsel in distress. I'm scared. 
Fuck me. (laughs) The sexual tension is thick and he assures her that he'll be there right after class is over. She pulls him to her and she can feel his boner. He has an erection in church. (gasps) Control yourself, heathen. Well, I guess it's church school. Not really church, but still. God's watching. He tells her to slip out the back and he'll meet her at her house. And then she gets to the parking lot and gets into the car that Arrow has waiting. He drives them both to her house and hides the car. And then he demands to know where Saint touched her. She says that he tried to kiss her, but she turned away. So he like leaned in for a kiss and she was like, oop, and then he kissed her cheek. And then he licks her lips to wipe it away. He grabs her wrists and pulls them over her head. And she says she doesn't think that they have time for sex because Saint is on the way. And he says that they'd better be quick then. Because I plan to have my cum dripping from your greedy cunt before it's wrapped around him. Okay. He knows what he wants. Yeah. He tells her that if she comes when she fucks Saint, he'll kill them both and burn the whole church over their rotting corpses. Traumatic. So if she comes? If she yeah. comes while her and Saint are fucking, he'll kill them both. Toxic. Yeah. Jesus Christ. She starts to say that she would never when he forces her mouth open and spits in it. We switch to Arrow's POV. And he needs to mark her before Saint gets here. Her legs part as she rubs her greedy little cunt against my thigh, seeking relief. My baby aches for me, I whisper against her lips, <laughs> pulling back to look down. Her eyes follow my gaze where she's practically grinding a wet stain into the dark denim of my jeans, looking back up at me with those swollen, freshly kissed lips and a hazy look in her eyes. She simply nods. So fucking needy, I comment, giving her my thigh and pressing it roughly against that swollen clit. Beneath those soaked panties, her head falls back against the wall as her legs widen. My slutty little cunt can't get enough, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Slutty little cunt. I would laugh so so hard. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be like, (laughs) what? Excuse me? Excuse me? (laughs) He fists her hair, forcing her to look up to the ceiling as he begins to finger her slippery wet hole. (laughs) yum he lets go of her hair and tells her to open her mouth as he shoves the fingers that were just inside of her into her mouth so far that she gags he pushes her head down so she falls to her knees and tells her to take it out she does and starts to stroke it telling him that he's beautiful and then she opens her mouth with little warning i brace myself on my heels and slide the tip past her lips rolling it over her tongue thrusting my hips forward and pushing roughly until i feel the back of her throat closing in around the crown of my cock. My balls rest against her chin, and she gags as I expected, her hands clawing at my pants to breathe. I hold myself deep until her tears fall onto the black knit mask, her mascara already bleeding beneath her eyes. Pulling back, she gasps for air as the strings of saliva connect us. Spit on me, I command. She blinks her watery eyes up at me through the mask's eye holes before spitting on my stiff cock, bouncing in the air before her. Fuck, I love it. The excessive saliva drips down my shaft as I grip the top of her head tightly beneath the fabric, forcing my cock down her throat again. Fuck me. It feels so good. Her warm, wet, accepting throat. Nasty little bitch, I mutter, skull fucking her head back against the wall. Her thighs attempt to close, but I kick her inner thigh, opening them again. Bet you're just dying to touch yourself, aren't you? Aching to be full. Dying to fill that whorish cunt with all kinds of dick tonight. Oh my god. <laughs> Sir. He's not, like verbally abusive. <laughs> How no. did you fit a nine inch dick all the way to the balls were resting on her chin down her throat? <laughs> I don't know. He fucks her face roughly and then pulls out and tells her to suck on his balls. She does, and when he feels like he's about to come, he pulls away from her, and then he picks her up, sets her on the kitchen island, and asks if she's ready for some cock. 
My cock is achingly throbbing to get inside her again, red at the tip, firm, and slick from her throat. But this sight before me is something I need to absorb. Fucking nasty perfection, screaming for my cum. Creamy thighs spread wide with a wet, dripping cunt, just begging for me to tear through it. She's tingling in anticipation with the tightly bound pleasure only I can give. The only heaven I'll ever know. Without words, I line the head with her wet center, swirling myself with her arousal, and forcefully shove into her heat. <laughs> her walls clamp down around my shaft, holding me tight within her, and I swear, by the spasms I feel around me, she's on the verge of orgasm already. <gasps> okay. <laughs> Shove inside her. He pulls the knife that she has strapped to her thigh and carves an upside-down cross on her inner thigh. She does it or he does he it? He does it. He pulls the knife from her and then just, like, cuts an upside-down cross on the oh, inside of her yeah. leg. Fuck your beliefs. Yeah. She, I don't think she has beliefs anymore, to be honest with you. I feel like I wouldn't. No. No. <laughs> He pulls out and kneels to lick the blood. She grabs him and kisses him roughly and he slides back into her. They start fucking wildly and then there's a knock at the door, but Arrow doesn't stop. Oh, it's giving me anxiety. Gripping her hair around my fist, I pull her back from my lips and look down at my cock, sliding in and out of her tight, dick-hungry pussy, seeing her cum <laughs> coating the length of me. I fuck her until I finally lose myself, biting the curve where her neck meets her shoulder to stifle my roar as I release deep within her walls until we're both dripping down onto the floor beneath us. Okay, but like, if she's about to fuck, little bitch, saying it, I feel like he could, he's gonna like smell that. Couldn't you? Yeah, but Saint's a virgin too. So he doesn't know. That's true. And also, what if mess up Virgie. kind of like, I'm going to make you fuck my brother, but I'm going to fuck you first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I forgot they were brothers. Brothers. God damn. Brother. Hey, brother. She stifles her moans and yells, be right there. And then we switch to <laughs> Brini's POV. She cleans herself up quickly and wipes down the kitchen before getting the door. And Saint sees her running mascara and asks if she's all right. So she starts crying and saying, no, she's not. He picks her up and carries her to the couch to sit on his lap, telling her that she's safe now, that he's here. And she starts running her fingers over his forearms. He tells her that he just can't stay away from her, and she tells him that she wants to taste him again. She can feel his erection as she grinds down onto him, and she can feel arrows come leaking out of her. Yup, that's <laughs> what I was thinking was going to happen. She's so horned up over this, even though she should feel guilty, and she tells him that she's masturbated thinking about their kiss and fantasized about him on top of her. She tells him that she's thought about his fingers touching her in places that they're taught not to touch, and he grabs her and tells her to show him what she did when she was alone thinking about him. And then she realizes that this is a loophole. He's not technically doing anything wrong if he watches her, but she's determined to bring him down anyway. So he's been a little sneaky sneaky. Uh -huh. Yeah. Little bitch. He's like, I'm technically not being impure if I'm watching you be a dirty whore. Nope. He picks her up and carries her to her bed before sitting on the bench at the end of it and tells her he wants to see what he does to her. They hear a creak outside the door. It's obviously Arrow. And before Saint can divert his attention from her, she spreads her legs and uses her skirt to cover her new wound. So it's true. That's what happens when your body primes itself for sexual endeavors. He asks breathlessly, still staring at the wetness pooled between my legs. You're soaking wet, he states, his eyes finally traveling up to meet mine. 
like it's everywhere. (laughs) Gripping my panties, I take a quick, calming breath before sliding them down my thigh and removing them, careful to keep my fresh, satanic-looking wound covered in the process. I've found it happens when I think about you. I raise onto my elbows again, cocking my head at him. I get slippery down there, slippery and wet, I think to ease the pain. He asks if she's ever used anything on herself, and she says no, just her two fingers, and then he grabs her hand and sucks it. He, like, sucks her fingers. (laughs) She spreads her thighs even further, and he looks at her vagina and tells her that it's beautiful. He rubs her clit as he stares at her, and she tells him that she's imagined what his dick would feel like, and he tells her that he can't. She's fully fingering herself when she notices that suddenly it's silent, and Saint is looking at her with disappointment and disgust. (gasps) What's happening? He's snapping out of it and says that he needs to leave. This isn't right. She apologizes and tries to get him to stay. She convinces him to stay and says that they'll just talk. And then he hugs her and kisses her. And then they make out a little bit before they sit back down on the bed together. He hands her her panties and tells her this is a good thing. They can resist the temptation together and it'll be like the ultimate test. As she puts the panties back on, he sees the upside down cross on her thigh and asks what that is. Arrow appears and says, you finally Uh. found my masterpiece. (gasps) Saint protectively throws Brienne behind him and says, that's him. Like, that's the guy that they were all talking about. Yeah, that's your brother, bitch. Saint thinks that Brienne was an innocent victim with the carving in her thigh and tells Arrow that his father can give him anything that he wants. Arrow throws his blade at Saint's head and barely misses. Saint asks Arrow what he wants. And then Arrow points a gun at him and says, I want you to fuck her. Saint says absolutely not, but Arrow throws him on the bed and sits on the bench. Brienne starts begging him not to do this, and she's starting to think that maybe Arrow is wrong about Saint. Maybe he's sweet. Maybe he's a sweet guy. Maybe not. He literally tried to set you up. Saint stands up from the bed and says that Arrow can kill him. He's willing to die for his religion, and Arrow asks if he's willing to have Brienne die then. Arrow throws Brienne under the bus and tells Saint that she's devious behind closed doors and that she's been plotting against him for his position, which is not true. Nope. No. He forces Saint to grab the rosary on the dresser and tells him to tie her to the bed with it. He does and then uses his own rosary to tie her legs as well. Brienne is starting to doubt Arrow and is actually really frightened. And Arrow forces Saint to rip off all of Brienne's clothing and tells him to grab the crucifix off the wall and touch her with it on all of her sinful places. Saint runs the crucifix over her body and she's crying and horny and ashamed about being horny. And then he starts running it over her clit. She bucks her hips up instinctively. She looks over to Arrow and sees him gripping and releasing his gun as if trying to calm himself down. And then she thinks that maybe he is in control and that she can trust him. There's so many like conflicting emotions here. Yeah. Yeah. Like she doesn't know exactly what's going on because this wasn't part of the plan no no nice gentle circles just like that arrow instructs a saint's eyes connect with mine gets her willing to part those whorish thighs opening that sweet sloppy cunt every time arrow arrow (laughs) saint leans down and licks a tear from her cheek before he kisses her quickly and then arrow explodes and tells him not to fucking kiss her and saint continues to run the crucifix over her body you want him to fuck you with it baby arrow asks from his position against the wall his head tipped back as he watches us through his lashes You need that dirty little cunt filled with something, don't you? Where's the shame, huh? Arrow's dark jeans 
showcase the massive bulge from his erection straining against the fabric at the show before him, even if the idea displeases him. Saint swells against my thigh, reluctantly enjoying this too, and I'm wet and eager as hell from this entire twisted interaction. Do it, he demands, through gritted teeth, slide it into her wet little pussy. Saint rests the tip of the crucifix against my aching hole, slowly pushing it in as my hips open and my gaze locks on arrow. Another blissful tear falls down my face, and I groan deeply, feeling myself tighten around the symbol of faith. Okay, that's so intense. He put a piece of wood up her vagina. It's probably sealed. Both (laughs) men are rock hard, and Saint asks if she's okay, and she says, yeah, it doesn't hurt. Arrow tells Saint to pull her hair hard. Arrow tells him to fuck her with his symbol of faith and then smear her filth onto her face. Saint stares down at my exposed flesh, eyes dilated and wild as he pushes the rounded end of the crucifix deeper into my slick center, my pussy craving something thicker to fill me as it tightens and contracts around the bulbous tip of the foreign object. My lips part and a husky moan escapes me when his fingers run from where the end of the cross disappears up to my swollen clit, smearing my arousal. Don't come. Please don't come. I grit my molars, warding off the pleasure. Don't come or you will get fucking killed. Do not come. So That was like the one rule. Arrow starts telling Saint that Brienne has been offering herself up to the elders of the church and making them succumb to their demons. And for some reason, Saint starts to buy into this and starts getting rough with her. He pulls her nipples and slaps her breast and leans down before biting her. Fuck the whore out of her. Show her she can't win. Take her pleasure and destroy her by smearing her with the Lord. Force the Holy Spirit into her being with your body, Arrow mutters, methodically, speaking directly to the mind of a man trained in redemption. Anger permeates the kindness Saint once held as he absorbs the words of a man broken by the sins the men in power commit. His eyes rim with redness as he sits upright abruptly, glaring at me with pure disgust. He slides the cross out of me, smearing my arousal across my mouth before tossing it onto my chest. Unbuckling his pants, he pulls the zipper quickly and lowers the waistband, releasing himself. I silently gasp at the stark difference before me. Never have I seen anything like it. It's large in both size and length, similar to Arrow, but it's cloaked in extra skin, whereas (laughs) Arrow's is bare and bulbous with his jewelry adorning it like a crowned king. Saint is clearly uncircumcised like the rest of the men of our faith. It's wearing a little sleeve. (laughs) A little turtleneck. (laughs) Arrow points the gun at Saint's head and he enters her. Brienne can't help but feel pleasure from this, and Saint keeps slamming into her. Arrow yells for him to fuck the whore out of her again and rips his mask off. Saint says that it feels really good and he's close, and Arrow mouths to Bree that she better not fucking come. He's just like, don't come. <laughs> I peer down at where we connect as his dick stirs his brother's cum within my swollen pussy, my mess of arousal coating his entire groin. Fuck. That, right there, that spot he's hitting. A newfound terror hits me and my eyes shift to the vacant corner. Dark and empty, it lies. My masked man, gone entirely. He's disappeared. Wait, Arrow's not in there anymore? What the fuck? (laughs) He said, bye. He's like, well, I can't anymore. She starts panicking about Saint coming in her because she hasn't been taking her birth control. And then she feels a knife at her fingertips and sees Arrow typing something in his phone at the window. So he just moved across the room. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He just walked away. (laughs) Creep. (laughs) 
So he's on his phone typing something. She grabs the knife and uses it to cut her bindings before holding it to Saint's neck. Saint says, Brianny, no, and then falls back with his head in his hands, asking what he's just done to himself. Which I was like, what do you mean what you've just done to yourself, what you just did to her? Like, you just raped her. You made that choice. He's like, I'll never move up in power. (laughs) God knows. (laughs) Arrow says that Saint has sinned. And then the door bursts open and Brianny's brother Barrett storms in, sees the scene and starts beating the absolute shit out of Saint. So he walks in and sees Brianny like with her feet tied to the bed, completely naked with like a naked Saint with his dick whipped out. Yeah. Oh my God. Arrow set the scene and texted Brianny's brother from her phone to sabotage Saint. So he texted Barrett and was like, oh no, Saint's here and he's being weird. Help. And then Barrett came over and walked in and was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Arrow knows that Saint has some devious plan up his sleeve that Brianny didn't know about, but she needs to find that out for herself. So there's a whole other layer to Saint that we haven't heard about yet. She tries to go to Arrow for comfort, but he pushes her away because there are people watching them. And then suddenly Cal Westwood walks in, their dad, with three of his henchmen. Saint scrambles pathetically, clinging to his dad's feet, who tells him to fix his pants. Like he's like, Daddy! His dad's like, like, fix your your fucking pants. (laughs) You disgust me. Brianny wants to know what their dad is doing in her house. And Cal tells Barrett that he's confused. Arrow was the one doing the raping. He's twisted the narrative. So he's like, what do you mean Saint was raping Brianny? Obviously, Arrow was raping Brianny. You're confused, Barrett. Yeah. Gaslighting the shit out of That's not what you saw. Arrow twists Brianny's arm behind her back and holds the gun to her head. And Cal says that Saint rushed in and saved her. And for that, she owes Saint her life. So he's completely twisting the narrative. Bitch, you weren't even there. Arrow throws Brianny to Barrett and starts to fight the other men, but he's quickly overpowered. And they beat the shit out of him until he blacks out. And the last thing he sees is Brianny screaming. Oh my god. We switch to Brianny's POV and Arrow is tied up and thrown into Cal's car. Barrett tells her that he knows what he saw and hands her a baggie with a single pill in it. It's a plan B from Arrow. So Arrow slipped Barrett a plan B to give to Brianny. So she didn't have to like have anyone's baby. Yeah. And it's so that she can make her own choices when everything starts going down. So even if it wasn't Saint's potential child, he was still willing to give her the plan B for like his own child in case Mm -hmm. everything goes sideways. She runs to the bathroom and overhears Saint and his dad talking outside the window. And Saint is crying about how he fucked Brianny and now he's ruined. And then his dad's like, don't worry, I deleted the video. And I was like, what video? What video? And Arrow is taken care of. Barrett will keep his mouth shut if he knows what's good for him. And they'll clean the mess up that Saint made since he couldn't finish the job. And I was like, what job? What, what is happening? And Brianny's hearing all of this. He tells his dad that he had her spread and ready doing things to incriminate herself, but then Arrow came in and told him that it was a test, just like the elders were always talking about. Cal tells him that he got played because he couldn't keep his dick in his pants. And he tells Saint that they're taking Arrow to some men who want to pay him a visit before they destroy him. Saint says good and mentions how Arrow shouldn't have gotten out of prison after the murder. Cal talks about the woman that Arrow supposedly murdered, saying that she was ready to risk everything to bring them down for her baby. Cal tells Saint that Brianny is too soft to be in on all of this and then drops the bomb that Knox sold them out. The guy from the club. <gasps> the jazz Knox. And that's where they're taking Arrow right now and Bishop Caldwell will be there too. 
she realizes that the woman that they're talking about was her mom, which makes Brini the baby that they were talking about. He went to prison for supposedly murdering Brini's mom. It's all twisted. Yep. She takes her plan B and decides on revenge. Good. We switch to Arrow's POV. He wakes up chained to a stripper pole in the exhibition room at Knox's club. So like the very same room they had their weird little two and a half some. <laughs> yeah, two and a half some, truly. Bishop Caldwell uses a cloth and red wine to waterboard him with the blood of Christ and then hits him in the head with the bottle. Alistair Abbott is there as well and seems delighted with everything that's going on. The bishop starts to spout some religious bullshit while pouring hot oil onto Arrow's bare skin as everyone watches. And Saint's there too, but he's not saying anything. He's just watching all of this happen from the corner of the room. Pussy ass bitch. Being waterboarded in general is awful, but by red wine? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was talking about how it like burned his lungs going down. It burned like everything. I'm like, oh my God. I would rather die. He tries to block the pain out by thinking of Brienne and the bishop tells him that he used to get so hard hearing those sweet whimpers and starts to rub himself over his pants. (gasps) Yeah. Bishop Caldwell says that he's ready for his lap dance now. The lights turn onto the stage and Brandy is there. And remember, Brandy was the stripper from before that he was getting the information from that was wearing like the black wig and the little schoolgirl outfit. And being called Brady. They say they're gonna fuck her shit loose after this. And then she starts to dance but won't look up and he can't see her face. And as she approaches, he realizes that it's not Brandy at all. Who is it? We switch to Brini's POV. Cal tied Barrett up while Brini was in the bathroom and ambushed her. And they were both thrown into the trunk of a car. While they drive, she's able to undo her zip ties and freeze Barrett as well. And she uses the training that Arrow and her did to like get out of the zip ties. Hell yeah. Barrett starts to apologize, saying that he knew that she was adopted and he'd known of Arrow's existence for a while. The car is stopped and they get the trunk open and they realize that they're in the alley of the club. She gets her weapons from the empty car. So they like took her weapons, but they underestimated her so much that they just kept the weapons in the car. Because she's just a stupid woman. Yeah. Everyone is already inside. And then suddenly Knox comes out into the alley and Brini comes at him with her knife threatening to cut his dick off. She takes his gun and hands it to Barrett. And then Knox tells her that Arrow is in the lion's den just like they planned. And then we kind of get the idea that he's actually on Arrow's side. Oh. So this was all part of Knox and Arrow's plan. Okay. And then she tells him to get her in. And then she dresses up like Brandy and gets on stage. And she starts stripping. Get a girl. Get a girl. Get a girl. <laughs> he was talking about how he was watching Brandy strip and was like, she's like way better. She yeah, he's like, real what good right now. <laughs> he's like, wow, this girl's, I don't remember her being this hot. <laughs> yeah. We switch to Arrow's POV and Brini is giving him the lap dance and none of the men realize it's her. They're just looking at her ass and not at her face. Yep. Nasty men. She whispers to him that he's a genius and then he asks her if she's ready to hunt. But she says she's ready to torture. Get it. The men insist that not Brandy give Saint a lap dance. So she does. Suddenly Cal looks at his phone and starts screaming, no, 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 no. And Brini fucking attacks. She grabs some of the sharp stuff that they were going to use to torture Arrow and stabs Saint's hands into the table. Yeah, like through his palms. Hell yeah. Knox bursts in and points a gun at Cal. And Brini throws a knife into the head of one of the henchmen and then again into another one's chest. The man lunges for her and Barrett comes out and shoots him dead. Good. Alistair points his gun at Arrow's head as Barrett has his pointed at the bishop. And Cal yells at him to shoot, saying he's ruined Saint. 
the video of him fucking Brini is everywhere. <gasps> so Arrow took a video of what looked like a horrible rape and then just distributed it everywhere. And he's fully like fucking her with a crucifix and has her tied up with the rosaries and stuff. Like he's fucked. Yeah. Ha <laughs> ha. Arrow is pleased. He staged everything to make it seem like Brini was terrified and Saint was a monster. So when he was like being super cold and horrible to her, it was so that her reaction was real and she was like actually scared. Yeah. Like, he thought the whole fucking thing out. I know. Saint screams, telling Brini he isn't like that. He was coerced. And then Barrett throws her a spare gun, and she holds it to Saint's head. He starts to panic, saying that Arrow can't be trusted. He knows who her dad is, and he never told her. Arrow tells her that both of their fathers are in the room right now. (gasps) Is Alistair her dad? Saint tells her that Arrow beat her mom to death, too. And she asks saint more questions about when he'd sent her to get those books when she was ambushed and he slips up and now she knows that he set her up so he counted the books wrong he had her go to that room where jacob was Mm -hmm. and she knows that he can't be trusted so she smiles something clicks and she turns to alistair and says she knows that he is her dad (gasps) alistair pulls the trigger on the gun but it just clicks Knox had emptied all the guns at the check-in at the front door, so none of the men there have any bullets in their guns. Ha nope. <laughs> ha, bitches. At that point, all the men realize that their guns are empty, and Brini pulls her the trigger, blowing off the top of Alistair's head. <gasps> Dead. Bye, Dad. She grabs the cuff keys from his body and releases Arrow, and the bishop is cowering on the floor, and Cal still has Knox's gun on him. She reaches into her bra and hands Arrow the knife that he gifted her at the very beginning and tells him to take away their voices. Stab them. She deduces that her, like, adoptive parents know about all of this and left on their mission trip to be MIA when the church finally killed her, so her parents are also pieces of shit. Jesus Christ. Knox handcuffs Cal to the stripper pole and Arrow stabs him repeatedly and then ties him by the neck with his belt to the stripper pole. Saint watches and screams as his dad dies right in front of him, so he gets strangled with that belt as Saint is just, like, stuck to a table. Oh my god. Arrow then skins the bishop alive, cuts his dick off, and muffles his screams by shoving it into his mouth. (laughs) Oh, okay. But like, he's a pedo, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. He had it coming. He deserves it, 100%. Saint passes out, like, I think I would probably pass out too. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah, I would throw up. Then they go to the church and burn it to the ground, and they speed off in their car out of town. Barrett gets them a secret flight to the bush. And I was like, is the bush in Africa or is the bush in Australia? What's the bush? It's the bush. (laughs) Not her vagina. It's the bush. Never heard of the bush. (laughs) They go to the bush. (laughs) I don't know where it is. Because I've heard Australia being called the bush. But when you say Africa, isn't that just the Sahara? Or is it the bush? Or is it the bush? (laughs) I don't know. They go to the bush, though. On the way to the tarmac to go to the bush, Arrow pulls the car over. He tells her that when he was being tortured, it was thinking of her and her gentle touch that kept him together. He tells her that he loves her with everything in him. Yep. Oh, yeah. We switch to Arrow's POV and we are in the epilogue. He and Brini are on the run from country to country on a mission for vengeance. Against her parents? I don't know. That's those are the only two people left. So who else are they getting vengeance on? They're just searching for them. I don't know. He's consensually sedated her and set up a camera. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then he starts to kiss her while she sleeps. I hated this. I pressed my mouth against her underwear and licked the outside of her damp panties. 
My tongue trails along her center, pressing firmly until it pushes into her slit, rubbing roughly along her clit. Her leg twitches when it touches, but she's unable to move. Opening my pants, I release my throbbing cock. I stroke the length, flicking the piercing at the tip with my thumb, causing my shaft to flex in my hand. Then I straddle her waist. Her lashes flutter, but her eyes remain closed as my weight presses down on her stomach. I take her panties, bringing them to my lips, and inhale her arousal again, before trailing them across my face, down my neck, and further down my shirtless body until they meet the base of my cock. Twisting her panties around the shaft of my erection, I spread her legs behind me with one hand. Fuck, I love your scent. Fisting the tip, I work my hand along my shaft as I clench my jaw. My other hand cups her center, feeling the wet, slick need oozing out onto my middle finger. <laughs> it drives me past the point of insanity. Even sedated, her body still responds to me, her arousal pulling between her thighs, allowing me to penetrate her with ease. I push my finger inside her wet walls, endlessly enjoying her warmth and snug cunt, sucking me in further. I stroke myself with her soiled panties, circled around the base of my dick, watching as her breathing changes. Her chest rises and falls faster as I add another digit, finger-fucking her until my balls get tight and heavy, and the need to come overtakes me. I groan, muscles tensing as I spill white-hot ropes of cum out in wild spurts all across her neck and breasts. The warm trail spilling down the curve of her body until it drips to the comforter beneath her. Immediately, I give her a taste, spreading some of the hot seed from her neck across her bottom lip, pushing my fingers into her mouth and coating her tongue. There you go, doll. I whisper breathlessly, eat me up. <laughs> Ropes of cum. Ropes. Yeah. And she's not even like... She's just like... Yeah, what yeah. The f- and he's like, there you, there you go. <laughs> he flips her over and puts a pillow under her so her ass is in the air. And he starts smashing her with a floppy. And then he pulls out when he's hard again. Wait, he was s- <laughs> fucking her soft? Smashing her with a floppy. <laughs> Wait, was that in the book? No, that was me. Oh. <laughs> I was like, um... <laughs> the great words of Jesse Hall, smashing your right? floppy. No, those are the great words of Charlotte Herbane. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I spit down onto her hole, watching as it drips down the crack of her ass. With two fingers, I scoop up the pool of cum that dripped from her body onto the comforter and smear it over her forbidden hole. <laughs> God. <laughs> Stop saying hole. I push some inside the tight sphincter. <laughs> My used and reddened cock already bricked up and leaking cum, always needing more of my dark angel. Ah, fuck. I hiss as I press the head of my cock into her slippery ass. I watch as she swallows me whole, pushing deeper and deeper until my balls lay heavy against her sopping labia beneath. A pained groan leaves my throat at the way she opens for me. (sighs) He's fucking her ass while she's... (laughs) And he's not going slow like before. He's just... He's right like, in. she's out. I'm just gonna <laughs> whoop. <laughs> he then comes in her butthole. We switch to Brie and his POV, and she wakes up with Arrow behind her in the tub. She's sore, and she loves it. It was consensual. Yeah, it was her idea. But an idea. <laughs> Both holes feel used and ache with that burning sensation that tells me all I need to know about how he enjoyed himself. Oh. 
The thought of him fucking my limp and sedated body as I demanded has my insides convulsing with a need all their own. I gave myself to him as his own personal fuck doll to be used as he desired. <laughs> you did. You did do that. Okay, girl. She looks down and sees Arrow pierced both of her nipples while she was asleep. That was not consensual. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. This man. The audacity. He's a psychopath. He asks if she's ready for the show and props his phone up and starts playing the video he took while she was out. She's horned up and they bang in the tub. We switch to Arrow's POV and the next morning he wakes up naked and completely restrained to the bed in black leather cuffs by Brienne. She's wearing some sexy leather lingerie and has a whip in her hand and he tells her to let him go now. She whips him and tells him to only speak when spoken to before grabbing a bottle of wine. She drips it on his chest and licks it off. She asks if he trusts her and he says yes, so she busts out a ball gag. She's a like, my turn, gag, bitch. Huh? <laughs> yep. How the turntables. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck you. Honestly. She puts it on him and tells him it's time to erase his past. She takes out the gag and sits on his face telling him to eat. <laughs> Make me come. I don't need to breathe. Fucking her with my tongue as she degrades me is far better than air. She leans up on her knees and runs a hand along her sopping sex, slapping it above me before pushing her finger deep inside herself. I watch, craving nothing more than to obliterate my little tease. I'm going to rip her apart, given the chance. Hungry for more, she taunts, removing her finger and smearing the creamy arousal all over my lips. Fuck yeah. I answer before she crushes me again. <laughs> crushes me. <laughs> my hips rise, my cock stiff and leaking on my abdomen while my tongue separates her folds. It's not long before her thighs begin to quiver, her nails digging into the flesh of my chest. I roughly suck on her clit, gently nipping the swollen bud, and her spasms overtake her. <sighs> she crushes me. <laughs> she is a little thickums. Uh-huh. She comes on his face and he tells her to fuck his cock, but she just laughs and grabs a vibrator. Okay. She must have a bottle of lube because my dick is slick in her grasp. The vibrator runs along my balls and I thrust into her hand at the much-needed touch that has my body on fire. Her hand slips lower, cupping my swollen and heavy balls again. She runs the vibrator up along my shaft until it reaches my piercing. It rolls over the tip, shooting sparks of pleasure throughout my core in sharp, quick bursts. Jesus, Brioni, I gasp, thrusting against it. Ah, fuck. Breathe, she demands, her slick fingers sliding down further to press against my ass. No, I jerk away from her. Don't fucking touch me there. He freaks out and says that he isn't having fun anymore. She uncuffs him and tells him to look at her. She's going to own every part of him and she's taking this from the men who did this to him. Pressing against the sensitive spot, her gaze focuses on me as her slick finger pushes inside. Fuck, I grip the sheet beneath me into my fist, my chest heaving while the rest of me remains tethered to the bed. She slowly rolls her finger, massaging me internally. My cock stands straight as a wave of the highest stimulation overtakes me. Starting at my legs, the fire builds higher and higher until it engulfs my entire body in heat, like a volcano exploding from the inside out. I try to speak, but the words are out of my grasp as she continues to pulse her finger on that very spot that renders me entirely weak at the knees. 
Yes, baby, she sighs, licking her lips, gazing at me with fervent need. Let me milk the cum out of my cock the dirty way. Fuck, baby. Touch me. Suck me. Grip my fucking cock. (laughs) (laughs) I groan, tossing my head back as I writhe beneath her. Beg for it, she commands. Please, fucking Christ, I plead. Her other hand finally wraps around my cock, and as soon as she slides up the shaft and reaches the crown, my body goes rigid, and a long, deep moan vibrates from my chest as ropes of hot cum jet out of my tip. I keep thrusting my hips up into her palm, still coming, as the heavy punch to my pleasure center has my body liquefied in the most eyes-rolled-back burst of fire I've ever experienced. Those ropes of cum. So she finger-popped his booty hole? <laughs> yep. Finger popped his booty hole. Hell yeah. She wipes his cum off of him and wipes it all over her neck and pushes it into his mouth. What is with them (laughs) in doing that? He's hard again, so they fuck, and he tells her that their love is a fucking delicacy. The end. Thank you. (laughs) What a story. So, Riley, how many red pepper emojis would you give this one? I think I'd give it four. It was spicy. Yeah, it was. It was really spicy. But they're all dark, dark, dark black peppers. Yeah. Yeah. They're very, black. very dark. Very dark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like some of that spice was like good hot spice. Mm-hmm. But some of it was a little rough. <laughs> a little. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Would you trade places? No. Brianny? <laughs> no. No. Why? No. I don't want to be like, at the forefront of being murdered. Okay. Uh, you do? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sounds horrible. <laughs> do you think Arrow's hot? I'm torn. Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Uh-uh. No? He he scares me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's very smart. I think like he'd well, be meant, nice like, to look at sexually, but oh, also sexually. that too. Yeah. So, Charlotte, do you think he's mm, sometimes? Yeah. That's See, fair. yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. So next week we're gonna be telling Riley all about Twisted Love by Anna Huang, and we're gonna have her look at the cover and have her give us her best guess on what it might be about. Okay. So we got a man on there, and the love part on the cover looks all icy so i feel like maybe they're gonna be in like a cold area <laughs> cold climate chilly i think they're pack your parkas a bundle that <laughs> i mean it says he has a heart of ice but for her he'd burn the world oh my god i i think it's gonna be a, a smut bug. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> if you liked today's episode, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Smut Up and Listen Podcast and on TikTok at Smut Up and Listen. Tell your friends, not your mom. And we'll see you later, you horny little rats. <laughs> <laughs>